Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Live from the Vox Media Studios in New York, New York, MMA Fighting is honored to welcome you to the 11th Annual The MMA Hour Award Show as we celebrate the spectacular moments that we saw in the sport of mixed martial arts in 2023. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Now, here is your host, Ariel Helwani. Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life. Ah, yes. Look at this on this Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? This is a beautiful sight, my friends. Welcome to the 11th annual VMMA Hour Award Show, the most prestigious night or day or afternoon in mixed martial arts. It's the day that we are able to celebrate the year that was in MMA. It's the most comprehensive award show in all of sports, and dare I say, in all the world. 26 categories from, of course, male and female fighter of the year, knockout of the year, submission of the year, round of the year, fight of the year, all those usual ones, but then we go deep. Deeper than anyone else in the game, fun things, things that make the fight game so fun. You know, things like poster of the year, photo of the year, promo of the year, walk out of the year. You don't get this anywhere else. And yes, we've been doing it now for 11 years, three years over at ESPN, but it's the same old show. And really, it was our time at ESPN that took this show to another level. Who could forget New York Rick and I ushering in the UFC on ESPN era live on ESPN2 when our show was live from 9 p.m. to midnight in 2018, going into 2019. We really upped our game over there, came back here, and look at this set. Look at what GC and Joe, Andy, Alex, Sirius Frank, I told, I was told, uh, helped out quite a bit as well. Look at what they've put together. The set has never looked better. It has never looked more festive. It has never looked this grandiose and this regal This really warms my heart. It brings a tear to the eye. It's my favorite show of the year, in large part because we get to recap the year that was, celebrate the year that was, but really because I don't have to book any guests. I think it's everyone else's least favorite show of the year because of all the prep work that goes into it. But for me, I just turn up in my suit, my tux, I should say, with my fancy bow tie, and uh, here we are. You know, the the microphone kind of steals the shine of the bow tie, but it's a nice one. It's a fat one. You see that, Frank? That's called a fat... That is the fattest bow tie. It's a velvety one, too. All right? Very soft. It's very nice. Um, In any event, we're going to get things rolling. Happy New Year to everyone out there. Happy holidays. I hope it was a great holiday season uh, for all of you. Had a wonderful two-week break. 
read a couple books, spent some time with the family, unplugged just a bit. Of course, it was quite it was quite quiet in the world of combat sports. Of course, we had Day of Reckoning on December 23rd, big showdown in Saudi Arabia. Anthony Joshua turning back the clock, looked great. Is Francis next? What about Deontay Wilder fumbling the bag against Joseph Parker? That was a big event. Watched that on December 23rd. I was in the Dominican Republic, first time, and I enjoyed it very much. I've always wanted to go to uh, the Dominican Republic because, of course, uh, big baseball fan, favorite player of all time, Moises Salou from the DR, Vlad Guerrero from the DR, Vlad Jr., from the DR as well, Pedro Martinez. Uh, the list goes on and on, Manny Ramirez, David Ortiz. So it was a great time with the family over there. Saw a couple of big forest wins, Newcastle, Man United, the Nuno era, alive and well. Very excited about that. Uh, and then, you know, there was an Octagon show. There was a Fury grappling show. Of course, it was Rising on December 31st. But we really tried to unplug. But now I feel I feel revved and ready to go. I feel re-energized. I feel pumped up. It's going to be a massive year. Of course, UFC 300 right around the corner. Uh, There's a lot of big fights on the horizon already announced. January 20th, of course, in Toronto. Sean Strickland and DDP. And then uh, February 17th, Volk and Teporia. And then, of course, March 9th, we've got the return of Sugar Sean O'Malley against Cheeto Vera. And on and on it goes. We've got a lot to be thankful and grateful and excited. And uh, I hope that you missed us one-tenth as much as we missed all of you and being here in this studio every Monday and Wednesday doing the show for all of you. As always, we are presented by our good friends over at DraftKings Fantasy Sports. Check out what DraftKings has to offer this season with the code Hour because life's more fun when you're in on the action. DraftKings, the crown is yours. We appreciate their support now for our third year back. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com. For details, I also want to thank our new sponsor, Factor. I'll tell you more about them later on in the program. And uh, like I said, later on in the program, we're going to give out 26 awards. Uh, Rick and I have been doing this for quite some time. And uh, it's it's a much better show now, not only because of the set and whatnot, but because we have GC in the mix, Frank in the mix as well. And so it's a real comprehensive look back at the year that was in MMA. But you'll recall last year we returned – on, I think it was the 4th of January. That's when the Wednesday was. That's correct. Yeah, and we had to uh, first talk about some things that happened during the break. There were some not-so-pleasant things to talk about, uh, and so we had to get those out of the way, and then we got to the award show. We're going to do the same thing off the top here because, yes, uh, it, it it has been you know uh, a pretty busy holiday season, as far as announcements and news items and whatnot, so I, I didn't want to—I didn't want to just like leave you hanging here. But I do think it's always very important to do the award show post New Year's so that you can have a full 360 look at the year. You can't do it before because what if something happens on December 31st at 11:59? It's—it's—it's last year's news. So we're going to get to the awards in a moment. But first, in case you have unplugged as well. In case you've been, you know, not on Twitter and Instagram and social media and just reading the news, scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, uh, let us recap all the things that have happened over the past two years. Excuse me, two weeks. And with that in mind, let us do another edition of the MMA Out. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I did that joke when we were rehearsing at the beginning, and uh, I think everyone—did I scare you? I, I think I scared yeah, you a little I mean, bit, yeah? There was an audible gasp. 
um, my heart rate went up. I should have um, done it. I should have written it. But there was, you know, too much break. You know, I, I just wanted to unplug. Did you have a good uh, holiday season, Frank? Probably one of the best. Really? Relaxing. Why? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That living situation changed a little bit, and it was a lot more peaceful. That's right. That's right. Just uh, you put your feet up. You got your space. Exactly. That was all I wanted. Watch uh, a couple of Bills wins there. Was, Chargers, no, I mean, those were pass. a little more stressful than yeah, they should have been. Yeah, they were stressful. Big one on Sunday night. Dolphins for all the marbles. Easy. A little nervous. Squeaky bum time, as they say. Um, but that's big. And, of course, we have other members of the team here. We've got Andy back in the mix, Corporate Alex, Joe. And uh, it wouldn't be an award show without GC and New York Rick. GC and New York Rick, how are you guys? Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. Oh, look at the bow. Oh, yes. Man. Look at this. I wow. actually love that you bragged about your bow tie because I got uh, real gold flakes on Okay, you have, wow. you have one up my bow tie. <laughs> I mean, I thought I had the snazzy bow tie. That's a gold bow tie? Yeah, golden flakes on this thing, 24 carats. Also, this is Mine too. Mine too. 24 carat as well. Uh, I have to say you're looking tan, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm really are... the odd man out on this, on this whole tan thing. Why? Is Rick tan? Rick looks like he's more tan than me. I'm looking pale over here. I mean, the DR treated you nicely. The DR was nice. Amityville out in Long Island, still getting some sun even in these winter months. It's it's nice for you guys. Yeah, it was nice. I mean, it was 81. Su- I mean, the joke's on us, let me tell you. 81 sunny every single day. Yeah, that's the life. The joke is on us. What are we doing here? You, did you go anywhere, Rick? No. So, I, so why I'm are you tan? a lot of construction. I don't know if I am tan. This is probably not the most tan I've been. <laughs> I, uh, I'm having a lot of construction on the house. So uh, Oh, what are we doing? A little remodeling? A little renovating? We got windows. We got siding. We got porch. We got painting. Wow. But thankfully, it's all done. And oh, now, it's all done. I can feel settled in my house again. But I love it. things for 2024. I love it. I love it. Uh, and uh, GC, you were in, uh, you were in the Atlanta. A, right? A-Town yeah. Down? Yep. A-Town yep. Down. That's what they say. Hot Atlanta. Uh yeah 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 congrats on the uh, the bulldogs I know yeah exactly. big bowl win orange bowl not the one we wanted but a uh, big win nonetheless did you guys miss the show are you excited about this are you uh, just hoping it all ends very quickly and we could go back to a normal show what do we oh, I'm excited for this one though. this is one of my favorite shows of the year it's a great one everyone loves it uh, all right let's talk about some of the things that have happened over the last two weeks so we could get right into the award show of course. Uh, we have to start with the biggest news right off the bat. It's the one everyone's buzzing about, the one everyone's talking about. Uh, you all know what it is. I'd be remiss if I don't start this way. How about that Luke Littler, right? I mean, golly, in the finals. <laughs> I mean, the kid is 16, just throwing 180s, Frank, all day. It has reinvigorated my love for the darts. Da, 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 <laughs> Needed something, da, da, huh? Da, 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 da. I mean, this. we were all in the group chat yesterday. I mean, it was, it was dominant. I, I had to go pick up my son. Uh, towards the end of the match, I'm listening to it on the radio. I'm listening to darts on the radio. Incredible. That's awesome. I got to get my Littler plus 125 bet in. Yeah, we're going head to head with the finals, but uh, the beauty um, in all that is watch double along. screen, watch along, and uh, we'll give you updates, okay? It's going down at the Alley Pally, uh, Luke Littler. I mean, if you haven't been paying attention, 16 year old Phenom, unranked. 96 competitors, world championships, Alley Pally. He's in the finals against Luke Humphreys. I'm telling you, story of what the year. What a professional. At 16, he's got the mannerisms down. He's amazing. Oh, yeah. He's playing to the crowd. He's unbelievable. Uh, no, of course, biggest story. Conor McGregor tweets that he is going to make an announcement on January 1st about his next fight. Well, he uh, he kind of beat himself to the punch because he actually dropped the news on December 31st, which was fun. And uh, in case you missed the video, uh, he just kind of dropped it with no... 
You know, no caption, no nothing. Just drop the video for all of us on December 31st. It's an all-time great Conor McGregor video, if you ask me, especially because of the laugh. I would say the laugh added probably 100 to 200K buys to his return fight pay-per-view numbers, I would say. Anyway, here's the classic video of Conor making that announcement. Hold it. Ladies and gentlemen, a happy new year to you all. I'd like to announce the return date for myself, the notorious Conor McGregor, for the greatest comeback of all time. It will take place in Las Vegas for International Fight Week on June the 29th. Come a little closer. And the opponent, Michael Chandler. And the weight, Mr. Chandler, 185 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I love everything about this, man. It's so good. How many like times a, have you watched it? It's like it? we got a blue voice note on steroids. Yes. I've watched it like 18 times. It's so There's good. There's so many good things about it. The fact that he included the part where he's handing whoever the phone, yes, yes, and yes. he's just like, hold it, hold yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And the music in the background, and it feels like he had no idea what he was going to say before he started talking, and he just kind of figured it out along the way, and then the laugh at the end. Uh, I mean, the swirling of the, the wine, the, the, wine. Like the opponent. I discover something new about that video every time. It's My so good. My favorite is... My new favorite after I discovered it is him like shooing somebody away with his with his eyes. Like when he's about to start talking, he's like, <laughs> "Oh, really? I didn't even notice that." Listen, you gotta you gotta watch it as many times as I have. I like that he's wearing workout clothes at a fancy restaurant like that. Super fancy restaurant. He's got the McGregor fast. Stuff yeah, on. it's the definition of opulence. It's Mid like meal that too. Direct Mid meal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, he's like picking something out of his teeth. Yeah, like sucking on his teeth. Like <laughs> I love <laughs> you can that hear he... other people still. Yes, their yes. Meal. I love that he's making the announcement. I love that he didn't wait for the UFC. You know they couldn't be happy about him not only announcing his own fight, but announcing that International Fight Week is actually going to be on June 29th and not July 4th, which historically they avoid July 4th if they can, but they've gone on July 11th, uh, UFC 100 famously July 11th. So he announces the date. He announces his return fight. You know they can't be happy about that. They haven't even announced any of the notable fights for 300 yet. I know there's there's a couple out there already, and we'll get to those in a moment. Um I love that he made the announcement himself in this video. And, Has the uh, UFC even acknowledged it? No, they have not acknowledged it. And, and for that, those that asking, makes it that much Because I saw some people say, like, oh, why are you posting this? June 29th is real. The Chandler fight is real. The date is real. He is not fighting. Again, everything could change. I always have to say this now with the UFC. Everything could change. But he is not fighting at UFC 300 as of 1.16 p.m. Eastern time on January 3rd. He is fighting at this event, International Fight Week, whatever that ends up being. Uh, maybe May will be 301, 302, 303, I'm guessing, unless they, they add another. Um, and he really, from what I was told, he really wanted to fight at 300. And he was upset. He was disappointed. And they had this meeting. He's in the UAE. Dana White is in the UAE. And they came to this agreement that he would not fight at 300 and that he would fight at 303. Remember, I told you a long time ago, I don't feel like they want him on 300 because they feel like they can get their big number just by 300 alone, just by that number alone, stack the deck with as many big fights as possible. And then you get him later on down the line, International Fight Week, whatever it is, and you get two bites at that million buy apple, so to speak. And it seems like they want out. I personally think it's a little bit of a mistake given the landscape right now, given who's available, given the big names fighting... 298, 299, 297. You know, I, 
I don't see the big fight out there. I, I asked around about Izzy. I don't think he'll be on there. There's some talk about Izzy Pereira. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe that changes. Uh, you look, you know, is, is there, there's some talk about Masvidal, right? Masvidal, uh, he came out and said unretired. Masvidal's not on that card. He's not referring to 300, in case you're wondering. There was some talk about Nate Diaz. Diaz isn't on that card. Um, his future plans don't include the UFC and in particular 300. So you look around, I don't know if there's something that is 300 worthy. Now, there's there's big fights, and Leon has said, Leon was at um, the Aston Villa game with his coach, Dave Lavelle, and Fabian Edwards, and it was great to see him get that kind of love. He's in the locker room after, the changing room after with the likes of Ollie Watkins. That's super cool. And uh, he said, I'm going to you know, defend my title at 300. It looks like it's not a done deal. And there was some talk of Shafkat, by the way. And I think Bilal Muhammad's head would have exploded if that happened. And it needs to be Bilal Muhammad. As I've said a thousand times, he has earned it. He has done what he needs to do. He has the resume. He has the strength, the schedule. And so it looks like it's going to be that. I tweeted this on December 31st after Connor's announcement. And everyone, for some reason, took that as, that's the main event. I never said that's the main event. Go back to what I wrote. I never said headliner. I never said main event. Obviously, it's going to be one of the big fights. But I don't know at the moment what the main event is. And I would be surprised if it's that. But if you just look at the rankings right now, you look at who are the champions right now in the UFC, right? Pantoja is not going to headline 300. O'Malley is headlining 299. Volkanovsky's headlining 298. Islam is out there. Could be uh, a possibility. Islam versus Justin. Could be. Is that 300 main event worthy? You tell me. Edwards could be on there. But again, I don't think the fight against Bilal is 300 main event worthy. Strickland fighting in Toronto. Could he turn around? Maybe. Maybe. But, I mean, you can't really bank on that just yet. Uh, Pereira, is there a 300 level fight for him that doesn't include Izzy, I don't know at this moment. And uh, John Jones is fighting at 300. Now they, they can figure out something with Aspinall and Miocic, but I don't know if there's that Brock Lesnar DC Jones fight that they've had for 100 and 200. And then of course there's Grasso and Zhang Weili and all that, you know, that talk going on and who knows what's going to happen with that. And so as it stands right now, the only two fights that I believe they've officially announced for 300 and these happened during the break, um, were Aljamain Sterling moving up to 145 pounds to fight Calvin Cater, uh, Yuri Prochaska against Alexander Rakic in Rakic's uh, big return fight. Of course, we were supposed to get Rakic versus Jan Bachovic January 20th in Toronto. Bachovic injured, unfortunately. So Rakic Prochaska is a tremendous fight at 205 and a very important fight at 205. And Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. Three really good fights. And if they start the card with a Bo Nickel fight, that's great. This, this is, we're starting off 200-like. I just don't know if there's that big fight at the top. And so let me ask you guys, the decision to not put Connor ultimately, when he was asking for it, begging for it, you know, wants it, is ready to go. USADA's out of the picture. You know, we're good. We're, we're done. The, 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 the doctors have signed off. Everyone has signed off. And they're saving him for 303 or whatever June 29th ends up being. And this would be the first time International Fight Week, that big event, is in June and not July, which is somewhat interesting as well. Good call or a mistake? Are they playing with fire here? What do you say, Rick? Good call. Why? 
for what you've already said many times in the past, right? UFC 300 is going to sell no matter what. And a Conor McGregor fight is going to sell no matter what. So you get two guarantees. The other thing is with how often things change, and especially with how many times we've kind of stopped and started with the return of Conor McGregor, if that's the headline of 300 and then all of a sudden for some reason or another it's not going to happen, you've now sold a bill of goods for 300 that I think is going to be very tough um, to recover from. So I think it is smart to remove him from the 300 equation. You all, you are also somewhat playing with fire, right? Like you have a revved and ready to go Conor McGregor. You have a Conor McGregor, the biggest draw in the history of the game, ready to go. You have UFC 300. It's in a little over three months. You got to unleash the beast. I think you're playing with fire. A but... lot can happen in, in that amount of time. Um, yes, that's my point. That... This is but, but... This, this is reminiscent of 2020. Remember when he was getting so frustrated in 2020? Remember yes. when Amanda Nunes fought against Felicia Spencer and he quote-unquote retired? And it's because they didn't want him fighting in an empty arena. And so they saved him for January of 21 when they could go to Abu Dhabi and have him fight uh, Dustin Poirier. This feels very reminiscent of that. You only get so many chances with Conor at this stage in his life and career. I feel like you are... like. I know this is crazy, but you, there's a world where you could get him at 300 and 304, right? Like you can't. It, it reminds me of like a kid who has a chocolate bar and just keeps nibbling at it because he wants to save it, and then the chocolate bar gets, you know, gets melted. spoiled or melted, and he regrets not just devouring it or, or, or an ice cream cone. Do you get what I'm saying? A hundred percent. There's definitely a potential truth to that. I do think, though, business wise it's the right decision. Will it ultimately blow up? I think there's a chance of that. But I also think there's a chance if they book him for 300, for some reason, something goes wrong. There's no guarantees when it comes to this. So I think ultimately you have to kind of feather the nest and and do what's the best business plan. For me, I think this makes a lot of sense. What do you think, GC? Yeah, business-wise, they're probably going to make more money if, if all goes according to plan and they're able to have a big 300 card and then have McGregor fight, you know, two and a half months later. But... It does feel like you're missing out. Like you said, you got a revved and ready to go, Conor McGregor, and how big, like 300 already feels big. You put Conor McGregor on it, it feels astronomical. That's where it really starts, you know, breaking into the the casual fans that never watch UFC or MMA are going to be turning on UFC 300 by putting McGregor on there. Now, I'm, I'm very curious to see what they're going to do for this main event. So what is it? Like, is, is there one out there? Is there a that's, fight that's out what there? I'm that, yeah. No. I don't know. What, what is they the have, fight? They have a rabbit in their hat that they're working on. It's not a main event. And it's yeah, one it, that it will be, be... No, no, I know there is one. Oh, oh, oh. Well, yeah, 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 there is one. But it's not a main event. Meaning, they are trying to make this as special as can be. I know that. But to me, there's nothing more special than the return of Connor. It will be almost three years since his last fight. And so it was right there. Like, you know, sometimes you have these events and the, the stars don't align because the guy's not ready. He's injured, blah, blah, blah. He's ready... You had this buildup with Chandler. You had Tuffy, all that. It's right there. And so there, is, there are some rabbits. I know there's one in particular that they're hoping. I don't, I don't know if it's going to come to fruition just yet. But I just went through the champions. Is there a fight? I just feel like unless there's a crazy rabbit that is headline worthy, fans ultimately are going to buy it. They're all going to yes. buy it. But there's nothing that feels 300. We've been talking about 300 for so long. There's nothing that feels 300 worthy. Am I missing something? No, but this is a larger UFC problem. I don't think this is a UFC 300 problem. This is a UFC does not have the stars and the draws that they once had problem and not specific to UFC 300. I mean, we need not go further back than last International Fight Week when everybody was expecting International Fight Week. We're going to see the craziest card that's ever been assembled 
In reality, it was not. And that is just the new reality of the UFC. They do not have, outside of Conor McGregor, they do not have that mega crossover draw in the mainstream star. They've got some great champions. They've got a great product. The pay-per-views are selling well, but they're not going to be these huge events, the Brock Lesnar's, the Ronda Rousey's, the Conor McGregor's, the prime John Jones um, thing that they had once. Not not now, not right this moment. They're going to have to build that back up. And so I think this is a larger thing, a UFC conversation, more so than it is specific to UFC 300, because ultimately they'll put some title fights on it. They'll put some really, really strong main card fights on it. They'll put some re- better than average prelims on it, and people will gladly tune in for it. What do you think the main event is right now? Leon Edwards versus somebody. Oh, no. It's, it, the, the, the plan is Leon Bilal. Is yeah, that so then as the main event. No, no, no. Again. Oh, okay. No, right. no, no. Yeah, yeah, Leon yeah. is know, on the I know card. You didn't say that. But yeah, Leon is on the card, but what's going to be Leon better than Bilal? that? What's better? What's bigger? Well, than I, that? I mentioned main Islam. Event? Islam, uh, Ramadan is, let me get it right. Is Islam going to headline over Leon because Leon's a heavier weight and they don't typically Well, here's do the thing Ramadan is March 10th to April 9th. He has said in the past, Islam, that he he doesn't want to train during Ramadan, which I totally agree with. Uh, yeah. you're, you're unable now. I don't know how that affects Bilal. Would, Bilal. Right? I, I'm I'm not sure. I, I don't I, want to speak I for him. He, but in I think the past he's he has that. done it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're either getting we're either getting Islam on that Saudi Arabia card, which I think makes a lot more sense. That's March second. Yeah, timing wise, that would make a lot more sense. We I think have a better chance of getting him on that card than we do getting him on 300 on April 13th, because that means he has to train the most important month going into the title fight against Gaethje would be. April, uh, you know, will be March 10th to April 9th. That's just too hard. So then, okay, let's just, for the sake of this conversation, exclude Islam. I My next guess was Izzy versus Alex, but then I inquired, and I was like, nah, it doesn't look like that's the fight. So I re- I'm really at a loss right now. The UFC's best path forward is to stack the card, is to just make it a bunch of fights that yeah. everybody wants to see, as they did for International Fight Week. That is that is the path. There is not that A1. With John Jones on the sidelines, with Conor McGregor fighting in June, there is not that ace in the hole that they have that they're able to say, we're going to sell it on this, on this fighter alone. So stack the card. And by the way, Leon versus Bilal is an awesome fight. Put that at the top of any it's card. A great fight, and, but and I don't fill know. Fill it in fans, and it's, I can assure you, the fans will react poorly to and they'll buy Leon it. Bilal as the main event. I'm sure. Sh- I would actually be pretty disappointed great. if that's the main event for UFC 300. You can make a case then that 297, 298, and 299's main event would be more anticipated yes. than yes. that one. You All could. three of them. See, and I, I, definitely 303 is made. Right. This is the we way the cookie crumbles. Too. But is it? I don't is it get. And, and, and this is why I think you put Connor on 300. 300 is going to sell no matter what. You, I you think, are, you I are think the they're overvaluing. I think, I think they're, this over I think they're over. overvaluing 300. I, I think that, that number only goes so far. And yes, I have been stating this, but I'll also say I was stating it with the, you know, the, I don't know, expectation in my back pocket that there was going to be the likes of, you know, other big names on the card, just like GSP was not at the top of 100. Just like... What was that, Brock? Who, who was on the top of 100? Yeah, Brock. Brock and Mir. Brock and Mir. And then GSP, GSP versus Tiago Alves. Alves. Yeah. Um, okay. You know what I mean? Like, just, it will... Yeah, I think it'll sell. I'm, I'm confident that 300 will do very well, no matter who's on it. By the way, can I also say, I kind of hate the fact that 
IFW is in June. There's something off about that. <laughs> I don't know why. These are, it's I a have, July thing. To me, it's all July. All these things are remnants of a, of a past era. I, I have know. no attachment to International uh, Fight Week. I have no attachment to UFC Fight Week is, 300. Yeah. I don't care about any of this. UFC 300 is going to come and go. Then we're going to get to 301. Then we're going to get to something else in Conor McGregor. I don't care. I don't care. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about Leon this. Edwards yeah, versus Bilal Muhammad. Awesome fight. Crazy UFC main event 300. Let's do it. UFC 300. <laughs> Maybe they got some rabbit, but I don't know. I don't think if it's going to be that if you What about Rock versus Roman? Can they put that on 300? <laughs> that would be bigger. But if we think about 200, like the late edition of Brock Lesnar was like a cool kind of thing that you can do that you don't have to put in the main event. I think they could do something. It sounds like to, your, to what you're saying, they're trying to do something similar. So great. I yeah. Mean, that makes well... Sense. It wouldn't be Brock returning. And by the way... No, but I mean like something akin to that, right? It's not the main event. So, but some, uh, it's like a holy shit type of thing. Yeah. But it's great. not it's not Brock level. Uh, and I love okay. the way they announced the Brock fight. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the, uh, this is going to dominate all, everyone's conversation from now until, I don't know, February, March when people are... Because I feel like there's like an anxiety surrounding 300 because this is like... The WrestleMania of all WrestleManias. I mean, it is kind of crazy. In the span of a week, TKO, which is the parent company of WWE and uh, and UFC, will put on WrestleMania 40 and UFC 300. Insane. That's insane. WrestleMania that's gonna 40. Be a good, gonna, that's going to be a good week of business for uh, yeah. TKO. They are yeah. going to kill it. Be a good month period, especially now with period. the Rock back. You guys see that Rock yeah. and Roman? Oh uh, no, I didn't. Well, you didn't see this? Table. That's headlining out of the table, baby. Board. Wait, no, no, no. You really didn't see any of this? Yeah, no, I didn't see it. You didn't see the video. You didn't see a tweet. Nothing. I get on Twitter and it's just uh, <laughs> here's my UFC 300 yeah. card, a thread. <laughs> you I saw about nine million oh, yeah. tweets over the break. You really didn't see anything on the Rock. No, not one oh, thing. This is my first time hearing it. You're breaking this news to me. So, so, Frank, hit the breaking news. The Rock yes. is back. <laughs> yeah. Rock versus Roman. Philly. No, this has been bandied about for like three years because they're part of the wow. same family tree. This is huge. But it was incredible the way he did it because the, the Roman's tagline is that he's the, the head of the table, that he's the tribal chief of the family. Like, he is the man. Of course, and, yeah. and at the end of the whole spiel, Rock comes out and he goes, oh, by the way, by the way, it was like a whole like, hey, I'm back, blah, blah, blah. But then he goes, by the way, Later tonight, I want to go hang out in San Diego. What do you people think? Do you think that um, you know I should just get a table in in the back or something? You think I should? And they're like, Meh. sit at the bar. You think I should sit at the bar? And people are like, yeah. And then he goes, or should I sit at the head of the table? And everyone's like, oh my god, he finally referenced them. I was freaking out. It was incredible. So yeah, he did this at a WWE event on Raw. Yeah, he showed up. Uh-oh. Mike, if you smell, and this was after he was on College Game Day. He was on Day. like six different, yeah, yeah. Earlier different in the things. Day, yeah. ESPN. Properties. I did see him on Game Day. Yeah. Didn't By the way, you you guys would be happy about this. He was on Game Day, and ESPN posted a video of him talking to Lee Corso, and in the background was Nick Khan, who's the CEO of WWE, yes. and uh, apparently wrestling Twitter went crazy because like, why is Nick Khan next to the Rock? Is this a sign that he's coming back? Blah blah blah. So. I totally missed this, and then when I was tweeting about it, someone sent me that picture, and I was like, oh, shit, there's Nick Khan in the background. So I was like, oh, look, there was a clue, this, this, this photo that went you know, under the radar. Uh, Nick Khan was with, with The Rock earlier in the day, and I got roasted. Under the radar, look at this tweet, it has a million views. And, I, and this made me so happy. 
because part of my New Year's resolution is to be on Twitter less. And I was like, wow, oh, I, I totally missed this. And so while they thought they were roasting me, I was actually thrilled that I missed it because it was it was validation that I'm actually holding. This is January yeah, 1st, of course. That that's I'm, how I feel about now you guys you, yeah, about yeah. Roman and the Rock. Now you need, to to reach GC. you need to reach GC. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. You, you have no, a level no. to go to. It's two days later. You don't even know, but three days Spire. later. Uh, uh, I guess I'm going to have to... Change my plans, cancel the wedding, <laughs> head yeah. to Philly. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And then um, just go Philly to Vegas. Well, no, cool, you, you go AC to Philly. You're right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, March, I thought we were going to talk about that. Blank. We're getting to it. Yeah, we're getting to it. Um, okay, so McGregor back. Um, the date is real. The opponent is real. The weight? Fight week in June. the weight. The weight. The weight. I, I, the weight. I'm a little. Mr. Chandler. Uh, I'm a, so what, what I think that is all about. If I'm being honest, <laughs> is uh, and that clip of him laughing is just going to live on forever. Like that 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 picture, that meme that you always have of him doing this thing or whatever yeah, it is, pointing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that up. has been replaced. Uh huh. Hundred percent. Um, that I think is him saying like when I t- when I say jump, you say how yeah. high because you see Chandler's reaction yeah. is like bigger, yeah, badder. Well, Want you at your biggest and yes. your baddest. I think that's him messing with him. I think the entire thing is. The whole framework of this is Conor McGregor telling everybody, the UFC, Michael Chandler, everybody, I can I control this. You can you can tell me like it's gonna be this date yeah. over that date, but I'm the one who sets the the terms here. I'm announcing it when I want to announce it. The weight, I'm gonna decide that. I don't care what the contract's gonna say. I'm choosing. And uh, I think he did it well. I think everybody's excited about this now. But I don't think it ends up being that. Yeah, maybe not. I bet it's one seventy. Yeah. But, but the rest it's good is legit. to mess with uh, to m- with mess with Michael Chandler and everybody else. To be honest, uh, the rest is legit. So okay, so so we've got that out of the way. Like you said, the the big fights that have been announced since we last spoke, we'll go in order here. UFC 298. That's uh, February 17th. Robert Whitaker against Paulo Costa. 185. The return let's of Paulo Costa. Let's do it Costa. again. I was gonna say, do we finally get to see uh, this one let's, more time? Let's book it one more time, baby. I do like the fight on paper very much, That's and great. I think it makes yeah, sense. If we actually get to see at. it. Yeah. Where they're both at. Who's the favorite right now going into that? Oh, there it is. Yeah, there's my tweet. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if we even have odds for it yet. By the way, totally went to bed that night at like 10 o'clock, woke up to like nine fight announcements. I was like, all right, there you go. Um, so there it is. UFC 298. That's February 17th. Anaheim, California. Robert Whitaker, Paulo Costa. Jeff Neal versus Ian Gary has been moved from 299 to 298 which is very interesting, and which vibes with what Jeff Neal told us, because when he was on the show, he was like, oh, I thought I was fighting in February. Oh, that's and right. And what I was told was <laughs> Ian didn't know this as well, <laughs> and so I guess the fighters won out, and they moved it for whatever reason. So sorry, Miami, you're not getting that fight. Uh, it's going to Anaheim, which you is totally fine. That Gary would want to fight in Florida, no? Yeah, maybe he's got an appointment that day. Maybe he's got no. a wedding. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Good fight. Yeah, good fight, so it's been moved. Mexico City card, February 24th. By the way, remember that date. More on that in a moment. Brian Ortega, Yair Rodriguez, five-round co-main. Of course, we know already Brandon Moreno's in the uh, the main for that one against Amir Albazi. I mean, you can make a case that Ortega-Rodriguez is a bigger fight with two bigger names, right? I would. But hell, it's a nice little return to Mexico. Brandon Moreno in Mexico, though. Yeah, but I mean Ortega and Rod- Rodriguez in Mexico is pretty damn popular too. Yeah. I, they tried, I, I, they I, tried to do it on Long Island. Well, they sort of did it. They did it, but they did yeah, it. it was just an unfortunate ending. Yeah, TST I think Yair's the biggest name there, but I think you know, obviously, title takes precedence. But that's a great 
one-two punch. Yeah, love it. Um, then we go to Atlantic City, and uh, it's March. Is it the thirtieth or thirty-first? Thirtieth. Thirty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, March thirtieth. It's uh, Aaron Blanchfield versus Mano Fioro. I don't think they've officially said that that's the main, but Blanchfield is a New Jersey product. That's a big fight. I would assume a number one contender fight at 125 pounds. No word just yet on what they're doing uh, with Grosso. I saw, we obviously saw her and Zhang Wei Li go back and forth. We'll see what happens there. But that's um, March 30th, Atlantic City. And uh, like, I, like I mentioned, the three fights um, that were first announced for 300, Prochaska Rakic, Sterling, Cater, Bo Nickel, Cody Brundage. Of all those fights, which one... Which one popped you the most, GC? Which one you were like, fuck, yeah, let's go. Mm, that's tough. That's tough. I mean, it was cool to see, uh, you know, we'll be boots on the ground in AC, so excited yeah. to see some fights starting to get announced there. Uh, Rick's already got the hotel. I really like the Prohashka Rockage fight. I saw some people, you that's know, kind great of shaming fight. that, especially if it's on the main card of UFC 300, but I'm incredibly excited for that. Uh, and then knowing that Sterling is now going up to 145 and he's taking on Cal- Calvin Cater... That could be a really, really exciting fight. All of them, though, are are amazing. I mean, there's not one that I'm not looking forward to. Nickel back at 300. I saw some people saying, like, Cody Brundage is on UFC 300. First of all, let's not forget, do you remember... Scotty Bo Nickel. A. And yeah. uh, do you remember Do you remember uh, UFC 200, Rick? Yeah, Sage Northcutt versus uh, Barbarina, right? Mm, no. No, it, was. it wasn't Barbarina. It was... It was uh, uh, even his name, it was, wait, wait, wait for it, his name, Enrique Marin. Oh, there you go. There's always one like, what? But it's it was a showcase fight for Sage Northcutt. Yeah. Um, those are three really good fights. And those are, I, I, don't, I don't think, I don't really know, but 100%, who the hell knows? I would be surprised if Prochaska Rakic is, is uh, like a top fight. You know what I mean? That could right. be. Right, so it's like the main card opener. That could be like an 8 o'clock to 10 p.m. fight. You yeah. know, depending on what else they get. There's a chance, like depending on how much they stack this card, all three of those are prelims. Yeah. No, I, I think I think uh, I think I, mean, I think Nickel would be on the early. Sure. Yeah. I, I think Sterling Cater is probably going to be there as well. So, like I said, a lot of people are holding out for Masvidal. Not happening. Diaz uh, DP has already poured cold water on that, um, and I think we'll on get the Diaz matchup. Yeah. Is. yeah. Yeah. And I think we're going to get some um, some answers to those particular things but it, those aren't 300 related um we did get an announcement about manny pacquiao and floyd mayweather maybe fighting in ryzen but it's not like an <laughs> official of. announcement yeah i don't really know what it was and i would be surprised if they fought there and not in saudi that feels like a saudi fight no yeah but it's a ryzen thing it is it is zaki gabara has Brought them both in numerous times, danced around this. I, I think it has to finally happen. There has to be a payoff. Does it have to happen? It's going to just be <laughs> an exhibition, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah That's yeah. the intention, to do an exhibition. Will I be watching? I don't know. At I mean, if, if it doesn't happen and the payoff for all these like rubbing elbows with Floyd Mayweather was not this, then I don't know You know what, what it was all for. And Manny Pacquiao. Now, the last two years, he's been there. Right. Uh, That's I true. Think it has to be. So it has to come come to fruition. Why not? So this is more of a look back show. Uh, obviously, we're going over the last two weeks. But if we were doing a look ahead right now, without a doubt, to me, the story to watch in 2024, and there's a lot. Connor's return 300. It's Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Um, we saw the Francis fight October 28th. We saw 
December 23rd, which historically isn't a great weekend to put on a pay-per-view, and we don't know what the numbers did, but it felt big, and it was a lot of fun to watch from the beginning to the end. Uh, There was only really maybe one or two big surprises. Of course, uh, Parker Wilder was was a big surprise. Um, And then we've got February 17th, and we already know about March 9th. Um, But here's the thing. There's going to be a stretch mid-February to early March where there's going to be potentially four big events in Saudi Arabia back to back to back. February 17th, Alexander Usyk against Tyson Fury for the undisputed title. Gigantic. Nothing gets bigger than that in heavyweight boxing and boxing period. February 24th is open at the moment, but as I continue to say, very good chance that PFL's first show in Saudi and maybe even that PFL versus Bellator's super fight show, um, champion versus champion card, could be February 24th. That's what they're looking at. Let's see if it comes to fruition, but that has definitely been earmarked. March 2nd is the UFC making its debut in Saudi Arabia. And March 9th, we know that Anthony Joshua is on there. And Eddie Hearn saying recently, you know, there's there's options. There's Hergovic. There's Francis Ngannou. And I think they should go with Ngannou. I think that would be the biggest fight possible. And it would be coming off of Fury versus Usyk. But let's see what happens. That's four straight weeks of pretty massive events in Saudi Arabia, back to back to back. Back to back to back to back. Yeah. Crazy. And, 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 and it has long been a wrestling story and a golf story and a boxing story and a horse racing story. And we even had Djokovic and Alcaraz uh, over there over the— Soccer, you got Ronaldo. We, we've, got, we've got Inter versus Al Nassar. But now it's become an MMA story. Um, and I just think it's going to—it's it's just going to dominate the year. So that is definitely something to look out for. Did you guys watch Day of Reckoning? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whole thing. It was fun. Yeah, I was gonna say fun card. Joshua looked great. Yeah, he he fantastic. He looked as good as as he's looked in the past couple of years. That was that was an impressive showing. Sign me up for AJ versus Ngannou. I know Hell the boxing yeah. purists don't want it, but for us, I mean, it's just that was how, incredible. What what's the argument from the boxing purists? Oh, when I said point? it, they all got mad because, of course, we were all looking for uh, Wilder. And Ngannou, and now Wilder is walking back the retirement thing, but I just think he he did so much damage to his stock. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, is there what, any what boxing purist is dying to see Wilder get absolutely manhandled by AJ at this point? No, I think I think most of them would say Hergovic or Zhang. You know, guys like I, that, which I are all great fights. fights. Too. All great I, fights. I love those. But Ngannou is a spectacle. That's the fight. right. Yeah. That's the fight. Yeah, and if we know he, His Excellency if, loves Ngannou. Oh yeah. If AJ's and you know what, Eddie Hearn seems very fond of Ngannou yes. as well. If if Anthony Joshua was willing to take that fight, that's the fight you make, no doubt. You take you take that and run. Uh, a because I imagine Joshua could look at it as a very winnable fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, B it gives him now something where he can say, "Look, Tyson Fury uh, had trouble with this guy. I'm going to dispatch him." Right. And then if Tyson Fury wins that fight, now you've got what I think is the biggest fight in boxing in in Fury versus Joshua. One thousand percent. So, and if there's one place no that can make it happen, it, it should be happening in Wembley or or Tottenham yep. Hotspur Stadium. But you, look what we—I mean, look at that week in Saudi with Frank Warren and Eddie Hearn singing "Kumbaya" all week. I mean, it was kind of surreal to see all of that. Um, if there's one place that can make that happen, it's there. So, let's see what happens. That would be March 9th or March 8th, and uh, that would be a big weekend, obviously, because 299 is. Um, is March 9th in, in Miami, obviously different time zones. There was another big boxing story that came out over the break 
And uh, that was reported by uh, a longtime boxing personality, Rick Glasser. Uh, and he said that uh, TKO was going to purchase top rank. Um, and then Dana White came out very quickly after and said, not true. And I talked to some other people and said, not confirmed, not true. When I, I'll be honest, when I first saw this, I was like, oh yeah, this makes a thousand percent sense. First of all, I believed since they've launched TKO that there was going to be some kind of boxing element to it. You don't call it TKO when it just pertains to MMA. Um, there's no TKO component to pro wrestling. So TKO feels like a nice umbrella term for all the combat sports. Um, Nick Khan, WWE CEO, his first love, his, his first entry into the representation game was World of Boxing with Manny Pacquiao and, and Freddie Roach. He's a gigantic boxing guy. Um, we know that Triple H is a big boxing guy. We know that Dana White is a big boxing guy, Ari Emanuel, et cetera. So, and I know that, you know, they all have relationships with the top ranked guys. And this, this felt, this felt like Bob Arum looking at what Vince just did and saying like, oh, I could get my deal on the way out as well, but everyone's denying it. Who knows? Let's see what happens. But I will be honest. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, this makes total sense. And, uh, and then everyone poo-pooed it moments later. But I was uh, I was I was fairly intrigued when I saw it off the bat. I think this could be cool. I mean, it's not happening as of now, but it feels like something that's going to happen. So uh, stay tuned for that. Other uh, boxing related news that pertains to us. Frank was most excited about this. Above all, uh, Jake Paul returning on what is it? March the second. Woohoo! And uh, he is uh, fighting in Puerto Rico. Uh-huh. And he is in the co-main event slot. Amanda Serrano headlining. <laughs> That's amazing. Back home. <laughs> no love for Puerto Rico there. For yeah. Frankie. yeah. Why? That family there. I love it. Yeah. Uh, How long have we known this for? This this factoid. That he has family there. No, 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 no. <laughs> that that they're fighting in Puerto Rico and Jake's the co-main. What is it? What do you mean? I don't know. I feel like I didn't know this until right now. As I, well. I, what? Uh-oh. What have you been? Um, have you? Tri- I was some there people, when I. Some, some people say were. unplug, but they like don't really unplug. I'm one of those people. You actually unplug. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually being serious. I feel like I I didn't see that this this news broke. It had, the news broke over the break. Yeah, it actually yeah. Uh, it broke. Wow. On the day after our last show. Oh, man, maybe it's just been that long. Yeah, I yeah. feel like you're breaking the news to me right now. Okay, well it's happening, and Let's he's go. The, and he's Puerto the co-main. Rico. Co-main. That's good. Yeah, and he's the co-main in the same arena. Uh, where uh, you know they had that WWE event in Puerto Rico, that arena was incredible. But uh, I wanted to ask Frank what he thinks of Jake taking the back seat to Serrano. It's what a mensch. I mean, yeah. honestly, that's the um, the right team play. Well put. Uh, unfortunately, it isn't the Amanda Serrano Sky Nicholson fight that we were talking about, or Katie Taylor. It's Nina Menke who's ranked fourth. Uh, for the IBF, IBO, WBA, and WBO, not WBC belt, because, of course, they're not acknowledging the three-minute rounds. So that's I a big piece of news. definitely didn't know that was happening. That's the first time I've heard that name. Wow. Okay. Yeah, definitely didn't know. This is the first a lot time of, lot of news getting broke here. This is great. This broke is here. why I wanted to do the little yeah, uh, refresher. Amazing. I'm glad we're doing it. Uh, what were you saying, Frank? Um, were you familiar with Nina before the announcement? Uh, I've heard her name, but uh, the one I wanted was Sky. I thought that was the biggest one. And, of course, if we're going to get Chantel Cameron versus Katie Taylor in Dublin, that would, you know, obviously tie up. That would tie, I just felt like that was the biggest fight. That's the biggest name. She has the biggest following, et cetera, et cetera. But 
maybe uh, maybe if they win their next fights. Um, so that's going down. And then two more quick items. Bibiana Fernandez has parted ways with one championship, had some harsh words, courtesy of our own Guilherme Cruz. Uh, perhaps he shows up on a PFL or Bellator card, maybe even UFC finally after all these years. And yes, we are in the new anti-doping uh, era, drug-free sport era for the UFC. No more USADA. Does feel like a little bit of a less, how should I put this, independence as far as the drug testing is concerned and the anti-doping is concerned and it feels very in-house. That's not to say it's you know shady or anything like that, but it feels a lot more of an in-house thing as opposed to a third-party thing. Let's see how it works out. I think a lot of people are uh, very curious, including the fighters, as to how this is all going to play out. Yes? Did I miss anything? I'm not going to ask GC because he's going to tell me uh, <laughs> he's going to tell me Connor lost to Dustin Poirier in the trilogy. Listen, man, relax, reset. You know, I like a little it. Little R and R. I love it. Any Hawks? I got the game? main things. I got the main things. Hawks? No, I didn't go to the Hawks games. No, busy time around the the Burks household at, at Christmas. What'd you get? Yeah, what did you get for Christmas? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I got a nice bag. Nice. Nice. Got uh got some some boxing punching trackers. Oh, fun. Yeah, for like working out. This thing called Fight Camp. Oh, I feel so, like I've heard of that. It's good stuff, yeah. Yeah, nice little Christmas. All right. Rick, you get anything? I got a great oh, by the way, I got a great uh <laughs> Jackman. No, I'm not talking about a present. I've got a great Jackman family Christmas card. Oh wow. yeah. I'm sorry uh, if you guys didn't get one. Yeah, yeah, must yeah, have no, I got to a give nice my address whoops, up. matching flannel outfits. I mean, this was something. Wow. I feel wow. like you wore that that flannel shirt when you were impersonating me. Maybe. It was a very Oh, right did I wear that shirt. on the this year's thing? I don't know. Possibly. If, I don't even remember, but yes, possibly. Or were they all dressing as Hawani? Well, no. It's just a big mockery. And that's you're the only one that got it. You, this card the real was, Christmas was card just for you. It was them. Everyone looked so, fantastic. Um, you. Did you get any presents, or is it just life? Mm, more presents for the kids. We don't. We, I'm, you know, backseat. I don't. I don't sure. Be, Sounded like uh, your internet service provider gave you a present there. They, mm, I kind of pay for their <laughs> service, so <laughs> they they owe me one. Uh, but uh, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I got a I got an Xbox from Verizon, but oh, that's right, it was because I purchased something. It wasn't I mean, like now we know who Santa really is. <laughs> I'm loving the PS5. It's tremendous. I would offer to play. Did you get any games? I only have Fortnite, which is free. Mm. Yeah, let's go. And Red Dead uh, Redemption. No 2K. No oh, sick. Red Dead Redemption. No, yeah. And Ariel, thanks for adding me on PlayStation Network. It really meant. Yeah, I definitely me. won't do that. It reminds uh, me of my Peloton when people were like, oh, at me on your Peloton. Like, what? Why would I want to – why do I want to interact with any of you on Peloton? What do you mean? Someone Play, someone, someone who we work with. No, no, I don't want to interact with – this is my what? alone time. This, this is the point of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's my alone need time. To add it's, an it's like everyone plays online. That's the whole point This of is it. me time. Um, all right. I said we start giving out some awards. What yeah, yeah, say? please. All right. Let's get in the mood. Let's get in the zone. Yes. Oh, yes. My friends, it is time. No more time talking of fights to come, news items. We're talking about the year in mixed martial arts, 2023. An all-time great year. A year that gave us many great moments, many highlights, many surprises, many upsets. 
indelible images. And like I said, there is no award show in the sport, and dare I say, in all of sports, that recaps the year that was quite like this one. 11 years, my friends. Yeah, there are other award shows, and they do a great job, but no other show takes the attention away from everything, where every fighter, every coach... Every newsmaker, every promoter, every manager stops what they're doing. They say, shh, 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 three hours, let me lock in and let me see if I won, my fighter won, my promotion won. Everyone's asking me, did we win? Did I win? Did he win? Did she win? I have not revealed anything. And in fact, this year, my friends, I'm picking, GC is picking, Rick picking, Frank can weigh in. The people have picked as well, and none of us know what we are picking. It's all very hush-hush. We've had uh, the firm of Ernst & Young. <laughs> Look at no, That's for the NBA. Uh, but anyway, it's all very hush-hush, okay? And so, without further ado, 26 categories. Male and female fighter of the year. Knockout. Submission. Round. Fight. Breakout. Comeback, comeback fighter, poster, promo, story, feel-good moment, all those categories and more. We are about to hand out some hardware, my friends. It is the most prestigious, the most anticipated award show in all of sports. It is the 11th annual The MMA Hour Award Show. da 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 yeah! Ah, you know yourself, Frank. I am excited. I am pumped. I can't wait. Oh, they said we couldn't get it done. We said we couldn't make it bigger. Oh, look at us now. We've come a long way, my friends. All right. Uh, shall we get into it, guys? Are you as excited as I am? Yes. Never been more excited in my life. I live for this every year. Let's do it. Yes. All right, let's do it. Let's, let's start it. things off with knockout of the year. You know, I always like to start off uh, with a bang, so to speak. I like to, you know, come out hot. Um, and, 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 and what's more exciting than a knockout? It's, it's, with all due respect to a great fight that goes the distance, with all due respect to a submission, there's nothing that gets people out of their seats more so than a great knockout. And truth be told, uh, there are a lot to choose from. And I will also just say... Uh, sorry for going a little bit long here. I will also just say, I feel, my prediction is, and maybe someone can uh, can uh, jot this down. My prediction is that we're going to have a lot of the same picks this year. I think that there were a lot of shoo-ins. And I also do want to say, before we get into things, uh, that I want to give a special thanks to the incomparable Kaposa, who helps me every year with... Uh, kind of just rejogging the memory. I'm getting a little old. I don't know if you guys know this, so it's hard for me to remember what happened. Last month, thank you. Thank you, yes. Uh, last month, uh, let alone uh, last January. So thank you to Kaposa. And special thanks to our good friends, A-Dub, Alex Weber, and, uh, of course, the great moderator, Lewis, who uh, compile the People's Awards for us every year. So I want to give them a very, very special thank you. And also special thanks to Mike Heck for voicing our great intro uh, he, does, I mean, no one in the business better than him, of course. We all remember when he first came into our lives with Rick's picks. Oh, great present that you got, Rick. Rick's picks. Oh, that's right. I did get a present. I forgot about that your Christmas dad, present. Your dad, dad typed it up. I mean, incredible. Shout out to Mr. Jackman. Shout out to um, my dad. So anyway, uh, knock By the yes. way, on the, on the crossover front, 
the line was set by Mr. Connor Burks at 12 and a half. Oh, wow. I was, I was actually going to say I talked to our good friends over at DraftKings. <laughs> oh, yes. 12 and a half. But, uh, yeah, I guess I'm the line maker here. 12 and a half across the board. All three of us agree. Okay. So I, let's I see. took the over. I took the over. I, I'm taking okay. the over too. Um, let's see. Uh, I'll go first and we'll, we'll switch this up. You know, one time I'll go first, Rick. First off, knockout of the year. There were several to choose from. We'll talk about the nominees on the back end is uh, my two cents. I'll come out with it. This was fairly easy for me. We go back to Miami. We go back to April. We go back to Izzy exercising the demons, knocking out Alex Pereira just five months after he had been knocked out. Um, and, And not just winning, but winning in style. It was a holy shit moment. He looked like he was getting rocked, and then he comes out and he knocks him out cold. You see the photos there, contenders for photos of the year as well. And then it's an all-time great celebration. One bow and arrow, two bow and arrows, three bow and arrows. I don't know if he was talking about the previous losses or giving a special shout-out to Nottingham Forest with the bow and arrows and Robin Hood. Regardless, incredible scenes a lot to choose from this year as far as knockouts were concerned. Josh Emmett with a late uh, you know, a late campaign in December. But for me, because of the stakes, because of the story, because of the style points, Izzy Pereira, April, knockout of the year. GC. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on this one. You mentioned Josh Emmett and Bryce Mitchell. I think that might have been like the most impressive, the most insane actual like punch landed but with the storyline surrounding it everything going into this fight uh Izzy being backed up against the cage and then to you know pull the win out like that and then the celebration the speech afterward uh has to be knockout of the year for me okay Rick make it three for three the stakes the style the celebration the one that you're going to remember when the year is over like the Emmett knockout is great, and I will remember that one, but I will remember every moment, every second of that knockout, and then the the celebration afterwards. It had to be Israel. Also, for Alex. not taking anything away from the Emmett knockout, but if you flip the dates, if you put the Emmett one back in April and this one in December mm. 16th, I don't think there'd be one person saying that it wasn't Izzy. Interesting. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you try not to be... Uh... A victim, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. very fresh in the mind. It was it was the last UFC event of the year, and it was just a hellacious, insane knockout. It was incredible. Uh, some others that uh, are obvious contenders. We mentioned uh, Josh Emmett's knockout on the last event of the year. What about Justin Gaethje with the oh, head yeah. kick against Dustin Poirier back in July to win the BMF title? Uh, Ishmael Bonfim's win over or knockout uh, against when Terrence McKinney, the flying knee back at UFC 283 all the way back in January of last year. Issa Makhachev's win over Alex Volkanovsky. There was obviously some ground and pound there, but it was incredible stuff. Um, Benoit Saint-Denis win over Matt Frivola at Madison Square Garden. Uh, Robbie Lawler, Nico Price, Strakar Close, Joe Selecki, Max Holloway, Chan Sung Jung, Edson Barbosa, Billy Quarantillo, any others that I'm forgetting here? Uh, Manuel Torres, Nick Moda at oh, yeah. UFC Vegas 75. Uh, not in the UFC, Bellator, Patchy Mix, knocking out Raytheon Stotts. Yeah. Uh, that was an insane one. You shouted out Kaposa. He had an incredible threat of knockouts of the year. A couple that I had not seen until he posted them. Uh, Levi Cariel at old Brave CF 74, a flying switch kick. Uh, if you want to see these, you can go to Kaposa's thread. It's, it's unbelievable. And then he had one from Road to UFC, Peter... Danasso, 
uh, another just insane knockout. So shout out to both of them and shout out to Caposa. Uh The people agree with us as well. Uh, Izzy knocking out Pereira edged Emmett's win over Bryce Mitchell by one vote. Wow. Um, yeah. Makes sense, though. It makes sense. Two incredible knockouts. Uh, Aspinall Pavlovich as well. Uh, another great one. I mean, no? it no? was good. I don't think I have that even like top five. I think it was just impressive what Tom was able to do. Yeah. I'm sorry, but Bobby Green's knockout was ah, nice. Yeah, was a very good nice. one. I don't know that why we're yeah, ignoring Yeah, Bobby that. knocking out Grant Dawson. That was nice. I thought you were going to say uh, Jake Paul Jake knocking Paul out knocking Andre Hoggins. Right. Yep. It's pretty yeah, I was amazing. keeping it to the... To the MMAs? No, I get it. I get it. Um, All right, so there you have it. Knockout of the year. We all agree. Yeah, there's one. That one is is already cracker. Right off the bat. Okay. Yes. Amazing. Uh, Let us move along now and go again. We like to start hot. We like to start with, uh, you know, wow moments, highlights, things that people get excited about. Let's go to submission of the year. Always a tough one, I find, because there's a lot of different ways and and uh that you could skin this cat and i also feel like maybe no category more so than submission of the year stakes matter because there's always some great submissions but if it's like on the prelims of some you know bellator card does it really as ma- does it matter as much as like you know a main event of a ufc pay-per-view unfortunately no it doesn't uh anyway let's see where we land on this one rick you go first yeah for me this one much like knockout was was actually quite easy because of the stakes because of the submission of, its, of itself, because of how shocking it was, because of the technique, because of the execution, uh, it had to be Alexa Grasso uh, choking out Valentina Shevchenko. For me, some some years and sometimes I'm going to lean more into the technique side than the stake side, but in the, in this submission and in the knockout as well, for me, it had the perfect pairing of those things. Um, and nobody expected Alexa Grasso to win. And nobody expected Alexa Grasso, if she were to win, to win by submission, right? That We thought that the grappling game might be an area where Valentina Shevchenko was going to come away victorious or have the edge. Uh, and Alexa Grasso completely flipped that on its head. And then you have the, the memorable moment of looking at Valentina's face, the kind of line uh, on her face that was created by how hard and how tight the squeeze was. Um, the, the top half of her face uh, becoming red. Um, it, was, it was just an incredible moment an incredible upset one of the moments that i'll remember this year for sure alexa grasso's submission over valentina shevchenko was my selection gc yeah as rick said it i mean the stakes what what she was able to accomplish with this i'm gonna have to agree with them the fact that she became uh, i believe the first woman to ever submit valentina shevchenko snaps a nine fight winning streak over the course of five years uh was down on the scorecards going into round four Cashes as like a plus 600 underdog. There was very few people that thought she was going to be able to accomplish this. Uh, for me, it was also a no-brainer submission of the year, Alexa Grasso. I agree as well. So we're, uh, we're six for six here. UFC 285 back in March. The big story was the return of John Jones. But uh, Grasso, who may come up again as far as upset, maybe female fighter of the year, to submit Valentina Shevchenko to break that streak, especially being down... Uh, was pretty damn incredible. And what a moment afterwards. Another contender as well for feel-good moment of the year. Her afterwards, uh, very emotional. That was great stuff. The people agree with us as well. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko's win over uh, Alexa, excuse me, Alexa Grasso's win over Valentina Shevchenko uh, sweeps. Uh, Others that come to mind, uh, Mr. Shavkat Rachmanov's uh, submission against Jeff Neal, John Jones, Surreal Ghan, Damone, 
uh, Blackshear against uh, Jose Johnson, Davy Grant, Rafael Sunsau, Diego Lopez, and uh, Gavin Tucker, Volkov, Tuivasa, Myra Buena Silva, Holly Holm, Patchy Mix, Sergio Pettis was an incredible one as well, Kevin Holland, Michael Chiesa, any others that you guys want to mention? You mentioned Davy Grant, Rafael Sunsau? Yep. Yeah. That was that was my one that I was considering, just the way that he was able to get that. Um, but other than that, it, this was pretty much a no-brainer for me. Yeah, the stakes really, um, the, I think, separate it. This was a no-brainer for me, but the most interesting part of this category for me was like my number two was John Jones, Cyril Gunn, which had happened right after this. Yeah, like, crazy. We're, they're back-to-back. Um, the, the two submissions that I rated the most highly this year uh, were back-to-back. Um, because that impress that that performance by John in any other year coming in there and just smoking Sirogan after that long away in a year is probably going to be up there uh, and might have been even been an eventual winner. Um, so yeah, just crazy that they happen back to back. All right, so I found knockout and sub pretty easy to yeah. come to uh, a, a winner. Seems like the people agree as well, though knockout was uh, was pretty darn close. Uh, let us move along now to breakout fighter of the year. And this is a very interesting one. And again, it's one of those where interpretation matters. To me, it's someone who broke on the scene, who is in a much larger spot with a bigger platform and a bigger spotlight on him than this time last year or her, someone that broke through and is now one of the faces, one of the stars of the sport, who had an amazing year and is now just a real player in the game. That, to me, is breaking. Now, some people view that as a youngster who is now, you know, on the verge of being a contender, some people view it as someone who got over the hump and became a champion. Curious to see where we go here. I think this is one where we may disagree. GC, you go first. Yeah, this was the first one that I uh, kind of struggled with, but for all of the reasons that you just mentioned of, of what makes a breakout fighter, I'm actually not even going to go in the UFC. I'm going to head over to uh, to Bellator. Wow. I'm going to go with Mr. Patchy Mix. The, Love it. Bantamweight Grand Prix champion, and now the Bellator Bantamweight champion uh, picks up two massive wins, one by a uh, vicious knockout we mentioned with with Raytheon Stotts earlier, uh, and then finishing Sergio Pettis as well. I mean, now you have people talking about him potentially being the best Bantamweight in the world. I think our very own Shaheen Al-Shadi wrote an article on it on MMA Fighting. Uh, I think in the MMA Fighting rankings, he got four first-place votes for best bantamweight in the world. It feels like he was always viewed as a as a really good fighter. Now he's viewed as a great fighter uh, heading into 2024. I love that one. And uh, it's good to see someone outside of the UFC get the love and the shine. I think that's very important. And, uh, you know, I'm very curious about his future, right, with... You know, the PFL not having a 35 division, does he stay in quote-unquote Bellator? Does he go over to PFL and they start a tournament for him? He just won the million dollars. Does he go for another million dollars? So I like that one. Patchy Mix can make a very strong case for being one of, if not the best, bantamweights in the world. Unfortunately, we'll never truly find out as long as he is in Bellator slash PFL. But what a year and some great finishes as well. Rick, what do you have? Yeah, I, I had Patchy Mitch on, Mix on my short list, no doubt about it. He, to me, um, was definitely one who I thought did break out. But the one who, the way I kind of measure this award when I think about it is who went from the lowest down to the furthest, right? What's the distance traveled in the course of the year? And nobody started a year lower and ended a year higher to me than Sean Strickland. Mm-hmm. Sean Strickland at the end of 22 was looking at two straight losses. Felt like he was completely out of the mix. One of those losses was uh, being knocked out by Alex Pereira. 
felt like he was just completely out of the mix. By the time um, we end the year, he's the champion with the biggest upset of the year over Israel Asanya. The name that everybody is talking about, one of the most notable uh, stars that the UFC currently has, and kicking off uh, their calendar year. So for me, Sean Strickland felt like the one who had come the furthest and truly broke from what felt like kind of the middle of the pack and maybe even down in the pack at the end of 2022 into the upper echelon in 2023. Great call. Uh, both great calls. And this is one of them that I actually uh, really struggled with. And truth be told, breaking the fourth wall, I actually changed my pick uh, after submitting my final picks because originally I had Sean O'Malley as the winner. Yes, uh, you can mock me all you want. I had Sean O'Malley. I don't be- think that's mockable. No, well, it, it's just because he maybe didn't fight as often as a lot of these guys. Sure. He only fought once. But he was obviously very popular. He was coming off the Peter Jan win. He gets the Aljo fight. And yes, I know it was kind of weird circumstances because Aljo fought in May and he didn't like the way it was announced. And uh, maybe O'Malley took a bit of a quicker path because of his superstardom. But he is now a gigantic star. And again, I remember being in Israel. He wins and people are coming up to me on the street talking about Sugar Sean. I was like, holy crap, this guy has arrived. He's one of the faces. If he could beat Cheeto, he's very much one of the faces. But then I was thinking about him more and, you know, other names. This is the one where I felt like I had the most candidates Khalil Roundtree, Ian Gary, Armin Sarukian, Ilya Taporia, Cedric Dumbe, Alexandre Pantoja, Tom Aspinall, BSD, Benoit Saint-Denis. But again, as Rick said perfectly, if you would have told me in January of 2023 that Sean Strickland would be the champion of the UFC come January of 2024 on a two-fight losing streak, beating Israel the way in which he did, not only that, one of the most popular fighters in the sport right now, And everything that's happened, especially in the last few months with him, I would not have believed you. And so to me, this guy going from a two-fight losing streak to champion, headlining the pay-per-view in just a couple of weeks, it's Sean Strickland, breakout fighter. And Sean Strickland, very much in the news as of late, thought it was interesting that he was talking about that there's certain lines you can't cross when he is the habitual line stepper. He is the one that talks. He was just talking about Ian Gary's family. My, like what? What are you, my what are you doing? My interpretation of that is a bit of a, is a bit of a chail thing where it's like, yes, that's crossing the line, but I'm crossing the line. Like I'm showing you that I'm crossing the line. I'm allowed to cross the line because I'm sure I'm able to cross this line that you're not able to. I think that's my amateur kind of read on it. Um, but yes, I mean, there was a, a fiery response from Ian Gary, uh, to that one, and and uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how that develops. I'm I'm interested to see. Regardless how, how of how you that. feel about that, the fact that people care about all this a year ago, they don't care as much about no. what Sean Strickland is saying and, at all. Uh, yeah, no, care you know deeply what I mean? about it. Yes. He really is has become one of the most popular fighters in in the organization, and and just one of the most polarizing and talked about, and all those things. The people agree with you and I, Rick. Sean Strickland gets the nod. Others that got the nod from the people, BSD, Diego Lopez. Drickus Duplessis. Drickus very, was on my list for sure. Yeah. I had a very good year. Uh, Jack Della Maddalena. Um, Alexa Grasso, you can make a strong case for her as well. Yes. Joe Pfeiffer, Aaron Blanchfield. And no love for old P. Mix, huh? I've got Patchy oh, on my short list. That, that dude's performance in 2023 yeah. was next level. The, the thing to me about Mix, and maybe this will come up later, as the competition increased, the level of competition increased, his ability increased, and the finishes that we saw were next level. So yeah, that that was that was 
the the problem with this category is breakout kind of has a like has a connotation or an an interpretation of like they kind of broke out of like po- into like popularity into a new mm-hmm. kind of stratosphere and i unfortunately getting it done in in bellator was not going to do that for patchy mix we, until Naturally, we see yeah. him yeah. against the the tougher competition it is not going to happen that way uh but no doubt as as the level ramped up he ramped up and that dude is a serious serious threat and i would argue yeah you could make the call right now that he's a top 135er, if not the guy. And 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 again, it could be a young uh, fighter, an, another fighter that got uh, a nod here from the people, Dakota Cheva. But it just feels like what what Sean did, like the, it's just it's so it's seismic what he did. Yeah, it's incredible. Right. Um, so congratulations to Sean Strickland. There's always one or two fighters. You know, you remember the year like with Masvidal winning a bunch, like who kind of dominate a lot of awards. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can also make the case as we move along here to most improved fighter of the year that Mr. Sean Strickland, who was on a two-fight losing streak, uh, would be a prime candidate to win this award as well. And uh, ultimately, this was another breakout and most improved I had a lot of trouble with because of, you know, you could just go in so many different directions. Sean Strickland very much in the mix. Uh, Brendan Allen, I would say, has come a long way. Uh, Lupi Godinez, who won four fights this year, has definitely come a long way. Myra Buena Silva, I think, has come a long way as well. But in the end, I went with someone who maybe I go out on a limb and say that no one else picked. I don't even know who the people picked. I haven't looked yet. But ultimately, I'm going to go with someone who I think going into this year, a lot of people are like, yeah, cool, great 2022, but it's all going to come to an end in 2023. Not only did it not come to an end for him, I think he surprised a lot of people given the matchups. I don't think many people would have predicted that he would have come out on top given the matchups staring him in the face. And I'm talking about the reigning defending UFC welterweight champion, Leon Edwards. He ends the year as champion, knocking out Kamaru Usman. And I think a lot of people thought, lucky shot in the trilogy, you are going to lose to Usman. What does he do? He dominates him. And what was the big knock on Leon? As he's coming up, no wrestling, right? Well, he dominates Kamar Usman. Cool. Great. Now you got Colby. I remember when this was announced, a lot of people thought he had no chance. And what did he do against Colby? The wrestling. Stuffs eight of ten takedowns, dominates the fight. And to me, from a guy who was known as a striker, who was known as another one of these British fighters who can't wrestle, who can't grapple, to do that against Usman and Colby this year, yes, I know he was a champion already, I don't know if anyone has improved so much to now becoming a complete mixed martial artist to where we're talking about him among the pound-for-pound greats in the sport. Leon Edwards has come a very, very long way and has really surprised me as how at how he has put it all together, in particular in the grappling department. So he is my pick for most improved fighter of the year, Leon Rocky Edwards. Rick, your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, no issue with that at all. I think there's a lot like this is one of the tougher categories every year for me because I think there's so many fighters that are kind of continuing to build on their skill sets and do show this improvement. For me, it's just a like between the lines whose game looks different to me um, to the point where I've I've been able to note the changes most distinctly. And for me, that was Sean Strickland. I think shoring up a lot of the deficiencies he showed in in prior fights. Um, to me, he he looked like a completely different fighter. Um, the, the his the 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 skill set that he showcased against Israel Adesanya to me was uh, completely different than how he had looked previously, leaving himself vulnerable in a way 
um, that did not behoove him and now uh, just look completely different. So he was he was my pick, but I had so many. Um, you mentioned quite a few of them. I thought Khalil Roundtree looked fantastic this year. Macy mm. Barber, I think, mm. is somebody who really looked different, especially particularly in the Rebus fight. Um, looked absolutely incredible. So there were a lot. Ian Machado Gary is somebody who who has shown some marked improvements in this year and will continue to. So there's a lot of different directions you could go. To me, uh, the one who took the biggest leap skill set wise was also Sean Strickland. And a lot of the names kind of cross over uh, with the breakout one. I like those. But I, I, I like the... Uh... The Strickland pick, and by the way, the people agree with you, Rick. Do they agree with GC? No. I, I, this is actually going to be the first one where all three of us have a Ooh. different selection. Uh, I'm going to go a different route. I'm actually going to take the Queen of Violence, Ariane Lipsky, going wow. into this year. She had lost three or four and, and not just lost those fights. She had gotten finished in those three losses. You had to think that, you know, if it continued on that trajectory, she was likely going to get cut from the promotion. Comes in this year, goes 3-0, and is a sizable underdog in every single one of those fights, uh, and then finishes it with a bang, finishing Casey O'Neill uh, on the last UFC card of the year and now finds herself in the top 15 uh, in the UFC rankings. So to go from... You know, not looking great for her UFC career. Lost three, finished in three of the last four to go three and zero uh, and finish yourself in the top fifteen. Uh, it doesn't get much better of a turnaround than that. Okay, I like that one. Uh, wasn't necessarily on the radar. Um, other people who got the nod from the people, uh, Leon Edwards did get a nod. Tricus Duplessis, Pantoja, Diego Lopez, Cody Garbrandt could definitely be uh, a comeback of the year candidate. Um, Bobby Green, shout out, Justin Gaethje, Johnny Walker. What about Veronica Hardy coming back and looking that's so good? That's actually a Veronica really Hardy's good a really good one. That is a really good one. Um, Sugar Sean O'Malley, Sonya Dong, Mike Perry, JDM. What about Francis Ngannou? Yeah, well, it doesn't really qualify. Like, yeah, what is it? Different, like went yeah. to a different sport and and had a great performance, but that's not really like. The Diego Lopez one is weird too because he's like, just a, like he's like a newcomer. Yeah, he's well. debuting on the scene. All right, well, um, let us move along and talk about Coach of the Year, and uh, perhaps uh, one of the fighters that we just mentioned, Coach, uh, is going to win this award. Uh, I would say this is one of the easier ones for me. Um, you know, again, some you bandy about, some you you mull over, some you worry about, some you stress over. This was not one of them. And in the past, it has been one of them. But to me, there was only one person who stood above the rest. Uh, Rick, you can go first on this one. Uh, Coach of the year, take it away. Super easy for me, uh, Eric Nixick. Um, what he was able to accomplish with Sean Strickland and then Francis Ngannou in the boxing realm uh, made it a very simple choice for me. Um, and I think I saw an interview with him recently saying that uh, he was very well compensated for uh, by Francis Ngannou for that and uh, well-deserved on that effort. Um, just two of the the more incredible performances, not even just of the year, like in history. Like Sean Strickland's win over Israel Adesanya, I think will be remembered for a long time, as will Francis Ngannou pushing Tyson Fury to the absolute limit. Uh, so for me, it had to be uh, Eric Nixick in what felt like a no-brainer for me this year. What a year for that team. Uh, and shout out to Dewey Cooper as well. So what a year for that gym and that team. GC, no brainer. Been stamped since that that yep. Ngannou fight. I mean, after what, what he did with Strickland, and then the the assistance that he gave in that that Ngannou boxing camp, it it for sure got to be coach of the year. Absolute no brainer. Maybe the easiest one of them all. Uh, he he 
he wrapped it up with Strickland and then it was a cherry on top with uh, with Francis. And of course, I'm happy you mentioned Dewey Cooper, but not only is Eric Nixick the coach of the year, but he's the leader of the year. He's the captain of the year. Like the way the fighters at Extreme Couture talk about him. And let's not forget a few years ago, Extreme Couture was down here and it looked like maybe they would never be able to regain the uh, the magic that they had when they first launched with the likes of Randy Couture and Jay Haran and Mike Pyle and Gina Carano, et cetera. And now he has made this a destination for people to want to come from all over the world and uh, train there and, and, and be led by him to the point where he has to like turn people down. And I know that's not, uh, you know, necessarily uncommon, but he just seems like the kind of guy who's, you know, when he tells that story about like, only the people in this room believe in you, Sean. Like, that's a leader. That's a guy you want in the foxhole with you. That's a guy that you want having your back no matter where you are in the world. And, uh, yeah, that clip of him talking to MMA Junkie about the, the – like, it's just – he just seems like a salt-of-the-earth kind of guy in addition to his skills as a coach. And then his story about being the football player and being kind of like the tackling dummy for the guys when they started the team and how far he has come, uh, it's just remarkable to see. So, yes, easy one for me, Eric Nixick. Coach, leader, captain, mensch of the year, uh, truly a pleasure. And uh, love to see him work the corners as well, the way he interacts with the fighters, the way he speaks to the fighters in different ways. It's, uh, it's really fun to see. So, yes, he wins. Some others that got some love from the people, and very deservedly so, in my opinion. Dave Lavelle, who, of course, is the head man over at Renegade. Tim Welch. Hell yeah. Who is the, uh, the head man for <laughs> Sean O'Malley. Uh, Mike Brown, Glover Teixeira, who uh, ah, nice. has transitioned over. Nice yeah, really nice. Uh, what about Pancho Grasso, who's got that great team over in Mexico as well? Uh, Henry Hooft, Eugene Behrman, uh, David Goggins got a shout out, shout out from the people as well. Great corner work. And of course, Andy Aspinall, father to one mm. Tom Aspinall. Didn't uh, come to mind, but actually, that's a great shout. Yeah, great shout. Um, congratulations to Eric Nixick on an incredible year. All right, uh, let us move along now to event of the year. Uh, actually, I found this one to be pretty tough. I'm curious to see where we go. I, I would venture to say we're all going to have different answers for this one. Just a hunch, just a guess. I have no reason uh, to think one way or the other. GC, why don't you go first? Did you say tough was the event of the year? Did I misunderstand? <laughs> no, I didn't. That was. Okay. Uh, that was not it's actually funny one. you say that, yes, Frank. Tough <laughs> 31 makes it as no. Uh, this actually wasn't that difficult for me. I, I had a, a fairly easy time selecting this. Uh, International Fight Week, UFC 290. Um, the amount of emotion, the amount of crazy fights that we got to see in that one. Uh, nine of the 13 fights ended by finish. You had four finishes that happened within the first 40 seconds of the fight. Uh, two of the four that went to a decision. Um, you know, we're fight of the year candidates. Uh, and then you just look, you got Alejandro Pantoja, you got Alexander Volkanovsky taking on Yair Rodriguez, DDP with the massive upset of Robert Whitaker, the Dan Hooker, Jalen Turner fight could have been fight of the year. You got Bo Nickel on there. Then you finish the prelims, Robbie Lawler, Nico Price. Um, yeah, I mean, I, to me, this was, it was, it was one of those events where I was like on a high afterward. It was, mm. it was that good of an event. It was that fun. Uh, started fast, remained fast the whole time. Um, and yeah, 290, my event of the year. Solid one. International Fight Week, always a fun time. This year, by the way, in June. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. 303, McGregor back. Hate it. We going to be um, there? Maybe. Maybe. Let's work on 300 first. Uh, yeah. What do you say, Rick? 
I had UFC 285, but this was difficult for me because I didn't think there was like one that stood head and shoulders above the rest. But for me, UFC 285, especially with the fi- like the return of John Jones is obviously big enough. The upset um, from Grasso over Shevchenko and you know, littered with great fights. Like you also have got uh Shavkat and, and Jeff Neal on there. You've got Ian Gary low on the on the main event of like the early prelims. There was all kinds of uh great action on this card. You got BSD on this card. Um but the two the two final fights were like one of the best crescendos of the year. Um and so yeah, this this for me was the one that I left like not even like being able to believe uh what I had just seen. Okay, yeah, solid ones. Uh 285 got a nod from the people. 290 got a nod from the people. 295, the people went Another with. Another good one. Wow, uh, 295 was yeah. That was, uh, that was New York. Yeah, Yuri versus uh, took a hit obviously Yuri. with uh, Jones good. falling out and and losing Stipe, but the uh, the Aspinall win and uh, you know the 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 Prasca fight and um, you know that finish as well. That was crazy. All that stuff. So um, yeah, definitely yeah. Uh, again, I, I don't know if there was a, an obvious one. Uh, 296 also got some love as well. But mine, I actually went... It, it, I've gone in this direction a couple times. Not often. It's usually a pay-per-view. I went with a fight night. I went with a non-pay-per-view wow. card. Yes, I went with a card that happened just about a month ago. UFC Fight Night Austin, to me, was an incredible time. On December 2nd in uh, in Austin, Texas at the Moody Center... I mean, let's just go through this. Veronica Hardy with a big win. Jared Gooden with that submission win. Uh, Hadolfo Bellato with the TKO win. Then you had the back-to-back slams from Jakar Close and Cody Brundage, which was historic, right? I think it was 13 and 14, if memory serves me correct. The Misha Tate win. Then you get the Dustin Stoltzfus win. Joaquin Silva, Sean Brady, who's big win. Figueredo returns with the unanimous decision win against uh, Font at 135. The Jalen Turner knockout against Bobby Green, which, of course, was marred by the uh, the, the late stoppage. And then the Tarukian win in just 64 seconds. I mean, most of the fights ended via some kind of stoppage. It was banger after banger. The two slams, historic. To me, felt like a pretty damn memorable event. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and I can't again, argue with that, especially with the, the breakdown you just did. I forgot about the two slams. The two I, was slams. Re- I was really intrigued to see what you were going to pick here. Yeah, the two slams and uh, you know, a reminder that you take these fight nights out of the apex, it just feels like everyone game, everyone's game goes up a notch. You know, They level up. And uh, I thought there were some big performances. It was a very entertaining fight night. Okay, so we all chose a different event. Can you name the one consistent thing with each event? Ended in a knockout or a stoppage? No, not knockout. Jalen Turner fought on all three of these. Oh, wow. Wow. That is so that's insane. so you thought it was leaving the apex, but the key is actually put Jalen. Yeah, you just had to put Jalen. Wow, win car. or lose? Yeah, he went. I'm pretty sure he went one and two. Yeah, but still puts on just incredible fights. Jalen Turner, key ingredient of the year to a banger card. Can I tell you one that I uh, actually highly considered putting in this spot? Yes, please. Noche UFC. I did too. Oh, yeah, I actually sure. did too. Because not only I, was I it a fun card, it was a fun event. That's a good yeah. you know, like awesome. They made it fun. They made it special. They made it unique. I mean, it may have, it may win in uh, September of of this coming year because they're doing it at the Sphere. Ultimately, you know what hurts it? Yeah, the the, ending. the, the stupid. The ending. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. The ending hurts it so bad. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. Um, it was you know so controversial with the the ten eight yeah. and all that stuff. But in terms of like making an event feel different, special, which is the thing that I, I I sometimes criticize the UFC. The 
This was a fun idea. They they overtook boxing in Canelo on that weekend. They planted their flag. Noche UFC was uh, the other one that I strongly considered. All right, uh, let us move along. And uh, when you talk about events, you talk about crowds, you talk about, you know, buzz, you talk about excitement. Uh, we've talked about some great crowds in the past in Dublin and in England and uh, in Canada. And so this is always a fun one. It's always fun to honor the people as well, the ones who buy the tickets, the ones who support the fighters and the shows, and all of us as well. And so let's go to crowd of the year. I will start on uh, on this particular one. And again, there were some good ones, uh, but there was one... It, this is an amazing thing. There was one country and there was one city that could have won the award for two different events. And I will be honest with you, I did not think that this city would be one of the leaders in terms of uh, you know crowds and enthusiasm at these events. And we first took notice of them last September, meaning 2022. And then we got them again uh, twice this year. And while I think a lot of people will pick the UFC iteration of the big event in Paris, France, I'm going with PFL Paris because I thought that crowd was incredible. The way they were playing along with Cedric Dumbe, the fact that they knew what he was saying when he the crowd got quiet, he said, Jordan, Chemo, the fact that they were like up to speed on his catchphrase, the fact that PSG was in attendance from Mbappe to Hakimi and all this, like Mbappe is just sitting there with his mouth open after the knockout uh, by Cedric Dumbe. The crowd was hype. Here you see them right there. They were on fire. His walkout, Dumbe's walkout with the, uh, you know, with the mattress could be a contender for a walkout of the year as well. But PFL Paris to me was a holy shit crowd and a revelation. It's one thing to have that kind of crowd for a UFC event. It's another for a PFL event. This was a highlight for not only the promotion, but for me, um, you know, events and crowds and, and also a contender for event of the year. So I'm going with the Paris crowd for the PFL Paris debut just a few months ago. This is What do you say? This is music to my ears. Uh, yes. I had the same pick. Oh, yeah. Wow. I had the same pick. Love yeah. it. PFL, I think it was like technically PFL Europe 3. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, just when you've got that kind of star power in the crowd, when you're playing along, like most of the time, this is not a participation award, right? This is kind of like who had vibey kind of uh, great atmosphere and, and supported the event. These people participated in this event thanks to Cedric Dumbe yeah. uh, and just took it to the next level. So, yeah, like you mentioned uh, Noche UFC. I had Noche UFC number two here because I thought, again, there, there was like participation in this, right? The energy was was shared between the crowd and the performers. That was my number two. But for me, uh, PFL in Paris uh, set it off. So, yeah, that, that was my crowd of the year as well. And I'm glad you picked that. Love it. GC? Two up, three down. I'm going to go ahead and agree with you guys. Wow. Uh, I also went with that PFL card. I watched back a lot of the things uh, from this past year as I was going through my selections and just re-watching that walkout from Dumbe and then seeing Mbappe and the rest of the PSG squad in the crowd. Um, I'm with Rick, man. The, the way that they were involved uh, was bar none. I mean, no no one was topping that. It was incredible. And I actually like that you mentioned the the love for Paris because my number two was actually UFC Paris mm-hmm. as well, uh, and then followed by Noche UFC. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I ended up deciding uh, PFL Europe 3 in Paris, headlined by Cedric Dumbe. Yeah, the two Paris ones were the top contenders. Noche UFC was a great one as well. Um, the people agree 
with us on Paris, they don't oh. agree on the event. Oh, okay. Uh, I was they, about to say, I, I would have yeah, been surprised if they didn't. They gave it to UFC Paris. Because they also probably didn't even see it because That's true. nobody That's a great point. could watch the yeah, fight. Yeah, maybe card. I didn't even see it. And then when I rewatched it, I was like, wow, this is a great crowd. Yeah, that is a great point. Uh, UFC 284 got a nod, 286, 280, excuse me, 292. Singapore got a nod. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that was sure. great. In one. August. More on them in a moment. Uh, Austin, 296, yep. 295, 293. Even Montreal. No what? I said no Apex love, nothing yeah, for it was uh, Zuckerberg UFC, Apex yeah, yeah, 74. Uh, uh, KSW Coliseum 2, no love, 50,000. That should have gotten a nod. I uh, I regret to uh, say I should have uh, uh, put it in, in event of the year because that was pretty damn amazing. Uh, but no, Montreal got a nod for the Elimination Chamber event in, um, in Montreal out, back in out. February, but uh, nothing else as far I, as... I actually had a really random one. Uh, one Friday Night Fights... 34. The in Colorado? Rod, no, nah, the Superlek Rod Tank fight. Uh, the way that that crowd was was going so crazy during that main event. I gave them, you know, a little honorable mention. I like that. So this is like the fun portion of the show where we talk about like the fun things in MMA, not necessarily fights themselves, but uh, event, crowd. Let's talk walkout of the year. Always, a, It was one of my favorites um, because there's super... I mean, there's just amazing ones. There's the unique ones over in Asia. There's the ones in Europe. There's obviously the UFC ones that are great. I actually want to start with the people, if I can, for this one, because there's a lot of fun ones. Um, Sean O'Malley, you are what you say. It's a super... I mean, that was amazing. No doubt. Incredible. Wonder Boy coming out with uh, Tenacious D was incredible as well. Um, Jack... I mean, that was just amazing. Jack Black. And I mentioned... Uh, Cedric Dumbe with the mattress. Um, and, and for me, those were all great, but it came down to two. Uh, I'll lead off with this one. It came down to two. It came down to Englishman in New York, Tom Aspinall. You know, oh, I'm an alien. I'm a legal alien. I'm an Englishman in New York. I loved it. I loved it because... Uh, it was playing to the crowd. It was playing to the moment. It was playing to the, uh, you know, the, the the stage that he was on. But ultimately, I went with this one because, and it's a bit cheating. It's not just walk out. It's walk in and walk out. It's the Korean zombie. It's the Korean zombie. And there was nothing different about this walk out as far as what we've seen from him over the past decade. But it was just the emotion, knowing that it was likely the end. And it was the crowd behind him. And it was close to home. It wasn't in South Korea, but it was close to home. It was close to um, to South Korea. It was in Singapore. And it's the crowd getting behind him. And he's one of the greatest guys in the history of the sport. Our, our interview with him before coming back, you know, we did that pre-tape with him. Um, he's just so nice. And he's so beloved. And everyone loves him. And the scenes with his wife afterwards in the hospital. And then the way they serenaded him on the way out despite the loss. We actually have some video of this. Um <laughs> I mean, look at this. Incredible. And what I loved so much about it was the UFC played it on the way out too, which they don't often do. It was perfect. Nailed it. Korean zombie in Singapore. My walkout of the year, and the people agree, their walkout of the year as well. GC? Yeah, hard to argue that, man, especially when he gets the walk out after going out on a shield like that, ending the career, just 
just saying he's just going to chuck him in round three and someone's going to fall. Unfortunately, he was the one that ended up falling, and then he has that incredible walk out of the arena. Uh, but I'm actually staying in Paris, and I'm staying with the PFL. It's what you mentioned, the Cedric Dumbay. When you walk out and before you even get out there, your recorded voice or you have a microphone in the back or whatever it was is coming over the speakers and you have the entire crowd chanting with you, then the music hits, and you head out with a full-size, <laughs> a full-size mattress. He's not holding like a sign or anything. He has an entire mattress painted Bon Good Night Jordan written on it uh, and the crowd. And then not only that, he does this incredible walkout. And then when he gets into the actual octagon, they're about to face off and he's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Quiets everybody down and starts the chant up again. I almost feel like that's an extension of the walkout uh, in of itself. That, that's got to be the walkout of the year for me. It was incredible the way that he had control of that crowd. It was, it was a thing of beauty. That was amazing. Very hard, very hard to choose. Um, but again... Uh, they're all great. There's really no loser here. Uh, Rick, do you agree with me? Do you agree with GC or do you agree with none of us? I need say no more. GC said everything. Cedric right. Dumbe. We actually have it. With the walkout of the We year. have we got it. got the footage, yeah. Ah, look at this. Love the lights. I mean, does he have a microphone? Like, is this recorded? Yes. It's just amazing how they all were responding to it. <laughs> <laughs> They're saying you're dead in French, yes, right? Yes, they're saying imagine, you're dead. Gosh, imagine, this, imagine, imagine being, being Jordan. Imagine being him. And, and not only that, I mean, it's a regional fight at best. Like, no one really knew, with all due respect, who Jordan Zebo was. <laughs> He's but, carrying a mattress. Yes. Is the mattress sponsored, too? Is that like a law firm sponsorship or something? Yeah. I, su- I mean, I, that's I incredible. That is amazing. I can't wait for him to come back. I mean, if if you watch this and then you see him knock this dude out in nine seconds and you're not excited for his next fight, well, the stage is I mean, you're sleeping on the I side. saw some people when we were talking about on in the YouTube chat, shout out to the Promise chat saying like, oh, how could PFL Paris win this award for crowd of the year? There's 100 people there. Does that look like 100 people to you? Yeah, 100, 100 people. people. <laughs> yeah. Kylian Mbappe was one of those 100. Yeah. So if we're, if we're doing it by net worth, yeah. <laughs> his, his net worth right. is worth and the rest H- of those arenas. And Hakimi's in there. Well, his net worth is probably with his mom. You know, Hakimi is there. Uh, I mean, if we're talking <laughs> numbers too, then it's KSW Coliseum too. Come on. Yeah. No, that that was a special moment, and he controlled that crowd from start to finish. Although, I had I had zombie number two. Another oh, one. Sure. Um Volkanovski at UFC 284. Oh, um, yeah. According to our very own Jose Youngs, like he said, it was one of the loudest atmospheres he's ever been in. Completely deafening, and I, I'd believe it. Um, so yeah, Volkanovski uh, in a homecoming performance at UFC 284, I think, was probably uh, one of the the walkouts for sure. No S- doubt. Some others that I didn't mention: uh, Alex Pereira with the bow and arrow oh, yeah. um, has become a staple for him. Uh, Volkanovski, as you mentioned. Um, Robbie Lawler before his retirement fight uh, at UFC 290. Uh, Leon Edwards, John Jones coming back was really nice as well. So those are some um, and all good choices and a very fun part of the game. We move along now. And speaking of a fun part of the game, I always love this category because it could go in several different ways. It could go with uh, something from the promotion. It could go with something before the fight. It could go with something after the fight. It's promo of the year. And uh, I remember we introduced this after that promo UFC, I think it was 214, John Jones, Daniel Cormier. And to me, it still stands as the greatest promo in UFC history because they talked about all of Jones's transgressions and uh, the issues between them. And it just felt real and honest and transparent. Um, and so this could, and I remember one year we gave it to BT Sport for one of their promos. Um, 
Uh, I think it was the uh, Khabib one. And so you could go in many different directions. It could be fan-made. It could be promotion-made. It could be fighter-made. It could be fighter-said, fighter-said um, going into a fight, said out of the fight. I'm curious to see where we go here. Let's start with Rick. What do you got? Promo of the year. Yeah, I had a lot of different options. I didn't know quite which direction to go. Um but I ended up just kind of keeping the train going and going with Cedric Dumbay in the cage, cutting promos on Jordan with the help of the crowd. So ultimately, my promo of the year is like Cedric Dumbay in the cage uh, taunting his opponent. Um, but I did go like my second place. I'm not going to say it just in case either of you guys used it was a more traditional like trailer promo style thing but i think when i think of this award i think like we can pull from like what's like trash talk promo what's like and to me that was like the highest possible level of it that you could possibly do uh so for me it was it was cedric Dumbay's uh cutting a promo on on his opponent before the fight even started Cedric Dumbay is cleaning up. PFL Listen, I was say Dumbay, Dumbay yeah. was active for like nine seconds. minutes yeah. and 12 seconds from the start of his walkout to the time he knocked that dude out, and he just won three awards off that. Incredible. Um, solid. Did you agree, GC? No, that is actually not what I went with. I went with a more traditional promo. It was from UFC 286. It was the Leon Edwards, uh, the cover of Mad World, the, the highlighting mm -hmm. of the head kick, looking forward to... Uh, the rematch with Kamaru Usman in in London. Uh, that was one that that gave me chills. It was it was that good. Um, so yeah, Leon Edwards UFC 286. I think it was the UFC that put it out. I believe it was officially on UFC Europe's Mad Twitter account. Mad World, that one. Yeah. All around me. All yeah, there you go. Five bucks if you can name who sang it. I feel like you've asked me this question before. Ah, uh, probably have. Got him. No, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Do you know? Fears. Tears for Fears? Yeah. Uh, I love it. Um, all right, those are great ones. And I saw a lot of people picking the Leon Edwards one. Uh, I disagree with both of you, though, in the end. Uh, to me, it came down to three, believe it or not. And I do want to give a special shout out because we've mentioned it on this show many times before. But I'm trying to stay true to what this is, the MMA Hour Awards, because people get upset when we venture off. I do have to give a special shout-out to our good friend Alex Haynes over at Matchroom because I think no one in combat sports produces promos like him. We've talked about the promos, uh, like the uh, the Wes Anderson-inspired one in Monte Carlo and the Devin Haney-Regis Progray one. I mean, they're absolutely killing it. They're killing the game right now. But in the end, I wanted to keep it to MMA, so it came down to three. One traditional, one, one traditional and two someone non-traditional the traditional one, which didn't win, but was on my honorable mention list, was the KSW Baywatch promo. Oh, yeah. Had to be. Um, Had to be. Back in July, when I tweeted it, I wrote promo of the year, question mark, because it was so good. Um, I think we even have it, don't we? Yeah, you? Let's, let's run it. Let's we run ha it. We, we have mean, a, it was just that good. It was incredible um, that they recreated all this. This is like, this is high-level cinematography right here. And according to Alan Murphy, who works as their PA, shout out to Phil DeFreeze, uh, <laughs> it was comedic, it was fun. Uh, he told me that they like put this together in a day. I, I don't know how. This and, doesn't feel like a day. I mean, this is like the, an authentic Baywatch open. It's amazing. It's incredible. Yeah, this is actually a day that is extremely impressive, like even more impressive. Than I guess it would make sense. Is this everyone on the card and they were all just happened to be in the area? You got the ring girls there. I think they shot it on the Look week of the event. Footage. I think they shot it on the week of the event, so everyone was on the card. It's amazing. <laughs> really well done. And funny, too. 
Um, like it's like the freeze is great. Anyway, that was amazing. Uh, ultimately didn't get my nod, even though like production wise it did, uh, it came down to two for me, Alex Pantoja after winning the belt and asking his father if he's proud of him now was heart wrenching, but also extremely memorable and felt like a breakthrough moment for Alex. Um, and, and, and really just, I mean, like, I, I was trying to think of the promos that we were thinking about and talking about on the Monday and Wednesday after. And so that was up there. But I remember ultimately listening to Izzy in the cage after he knocks out Alex. And he just goes on this, like, three-minute diatribe talking about, I wish that you can all feel what I'm feeling right now. And after what happened to him in New York, to come back, presence of mind. And it, and it was everything from the knockout to the celebration to the promo to the celebrations afterwards to the victory lap tour on the internet. Izzy in the cage on the microphone uh, is my promo of the year. And again, when I say promo, you can think of promo in terms of like a promotional material or like the old school pro wrestling promo where you're on the microphone and you're kind of bigging yourself up. And uh, to me, that was the latter. It had emotion. It had passion. And it was extremely memorable. The people agree with me. They gave it to uh, Izzy post uh, UFC 287. Some others that got the nod, Pantoja post UFC 290. Uh, Battle of the Baddest, Francis and Tyson, which, you know, could certainly apply because of Tyson. Uh, excuse me, because of Francis. Sean Strickland at the UFC 293 press conference. John Jones in the octagon after his win at UFC 285. Charles Oliveira after his win at UFC 289 in uh, Vancouver. Nate Landwehr after his win at the UFC on ESPN event um, in uh, San Antonio. Um, Volkanovsky after his loss to Islam Makhachev. And on and on it goes. There's a lot to choose from, but those are some other ones that came to mind as well. A very fun category. Um, another special one that I, that I thought was very um, memorable was Aljamain Sterling at the post-fight press conference after losing to Sean O'Malley. Felt like for the first time he actually got some love, and uh, I thought he handled that very, very well. Let's keep the train rolling along as far as the promotional stuff is concerned. Let's go to poster of the year. Always a fun one, and this is one where I really lean on Kaposa because he is able to uh, find all the gems from all over the world. Uh, I do want to give a special shout-out to the UFC. I do think that they have upped their poster game. Uh, they used to be very formulaic. They used to be like... I mean, Photoshop 101. I'm I'm quite certain that GC can make better posters in those 20 minutes after the show when I think he's doing post-show stuff, but he's actually doing memes. I'm pretty sure in that 20 minutes he could do a better poster than most of the posters. But I do think that they have upped their game. I really do. Uh, ultimately, I don't think the UFC has ever won this award for me, uh, and they did not win this award for me. Rick, why don't you go first? Okay, no problem. Um, last year... It, uh, I gave this award to Ryzen. This year, I will give this award to Ryzen because Ryzen consistently puts out the best posters. Uh, I believe the event number for this one is Ryzen 41. Uh, art, uh, drawn art as opposed to photorealism. So good. With Tigers. Um, you just don't see stuff like this in the fight game. And this is the type of thing that, like, I could pass by a million fight posters with two people's heads on it and not give a flying F about what's going on. But if I see this, I'm going to stop and try to figure out uh, what the event is and, and what's happening here. I just think Ryzen consistently ups their game on posters. And even when it comes to like the fighters featured on the posters, they're always finding unique compositions for it. I just love what they do. Uh, for me, this was the most unique one and the one that caught my eye. Uh, so I loved it. Ryzen 41. Amazing. 
Yeah, I mean, you could really give Ryzen the Every entire... Every year, Ryzen could win this thing. The entire lot. Uh, I'll go next, and then UGC. Um, again, a lot to choose from. You can give it to Ryzen... Um, every single year, but I actually went off the board a little bit. I went with Deep Jewels 43. Yes, the classic event, Deep Jewels 43. Uh, here it is. Do we have it? I love the... I actually pulled some of my uh, family members. Yeah, look at that. I mean, the this cartoon, the comics, the colors, the characters. I mean, that's good stuff. What is that? Pop art? What is that? Anime? I don't know, but it's great. The bang. I mean, this hey, is all geez. good stuff. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Isn't that great? I mean, what's better than this? It is It is a fantastic poster. I love the amount of colors that are going on here. Yeah. No, that's great stuff. Let's take a look at it one last time. Uh, I just want to revel in it. I like it so much. Well, a lot really to choose from. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Can you read the bottom Deep Jewels? No, I cannot. Uh, all female card? Yeah. Jewels is female. Oh, okay. Yeah. Japan uh, just does posters better. They yeah. really do. They yeah. just take it seriously. They're probably they really working do. on the next one right now. Sure, sure. Uh, what do you got? What do you got, GC? Yeah, so I mean, this kind of comes at a, a point of contention as we uh, hinted at at the break, but mine is actually the UFC Artist Series, which I know mm. some people there's that uh, can kind of be up in the air, but the UFC 287 Artist Series by Andrew Huerta. This one is just unbelievable. You got Pereira's face massive in the back with the war paint on it. Izzy, I don't even know what's happened. It's got like the the electroids coming out of him. Then you got the Miami Rising Sun behind Jorge and and Burns. Uh, just an unbelievable piece of art. I mean, this one you're you're still getting the faces of the fighters on it. You're getting a little customization to to the city that it's in. This is like. This is top-notch stuff. I mean, if, if every UFC poster looked something like this, it, it I'd be buying every single one of them. No, it's great. Uh, I, I never look at the uh, artist series, and maybe I should, because it is acknowledged by the promotion, but it doesn't feel like the official poster, you know, like when, when all is right. said and done. because it technically isn't. I yeah. do have an official poster, oh. and of course... Uh, it is Ryzen. That's that's what I went with. Oh, uh, Ryzen forty four. I mean, I, I don't even know what's going on here. But the yellow, the birds. You got the Saitama so Super Arena in the back. It, it intrigues me. I don't know who's fighting. I, I can't tell you a single fighter on right. this card, but it makes me want to watch. It looks like a horror movie. It's incredible. So none of us went with Day of Reckoning, and there was some talk of that. Again, not an MMA event, but. Um, Longtime boxing scribe Dan Raphael uh, reached out to me when I said this was a contender for post of the year, and is like, "This doesn't make me want to watch the fight. Like, what is this? You know?" And so I guess you can apply that line of thinking to the Ryzen posters, but to me, it's just like, "What do I want to? What do I want to frame and put on my wall?" Right? Exactly. There's definitely that, but I actually would go the other way. I think that actually does make you want to figure out what's going on and tune in. Right? Like, well, it doesn't necessarily if- have like Frazier and Ali's face like together. You know what I mean? Like. So, yeah, I don't. I did not know Ryzen forty one existed until the poster, and then I went, "Oh, yep. what what's happening there?" Like, and Day of Reckoning, I think, is the same thing. When there's that kind of like interest and allusion to the poster, that's I agree. Kind of the point of it, right? The poster is not supposed to be like everybody who knows about this fight is going to see it and want to watch them compete. Like, I don't go to posters to get me excited about a fight, but. The posters are supposed to be informational and transactional and make you want to be uh, more interested in whatever, learning more about what's happening here and then seek out that information. So I would actually argue the exact yeah, opposite. I, agree. I would actually argue Day of Reckoning's poster did exactly what it was supposed to do and probably got some people like who might not have thought about it to think about it. It would the, not hurt the UFC one bit to do a couple that aren't just the fighters. They should make the artist series. In, either facing each other or... 
you know, facing the the front of the poster with their fists. The artist series should be the official. Please, yes. Yeah, because I feel that a poster is just to commemorate the event, regardless of who's fighting, you know, because it's just the event. And I I take that from, like, concert posters, for instance. There's not pictures of the band or the artist playing. It's usually the artist is given free reign to just mark the event. So you have something to remember the event by. Yeah. I think I, I agree with this. I think Dan wants album covers with just the artist standing there, yeah. you know, with a silhouette. Just like, give him a bar crazy. Who's going to buy that? Who's going to buy that CD? Because, you know, they don't have the artist. Just when I buy wine, right it better have the grapes on the front or I'm not buying yeah. the wine. I don't agree with this. I'm just Sorry, telling Dan. you what the old guy. A lot of honorable mentions in this category. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, we got. Uh, what do we, we got? got? What do we got? We can run through them. We can let's, run through them. We got see. I love a lot of Ryzen. I mean, uh, look at this. Another great one. recently. Yeah. I mean, you're still putting the fighters' faces on there, but in a creative way. Love it. Uh, this is just I don't know so good again sometimes I just don't even know what's going on with these but just in the so city good. That, that's kind of one of the love the colors elements, like the old pride posters like there's just randomness to it that also is attractive here's another one yeah this is a creative way to put the two fighters on there another one coming out of the this is just an ode to Rising posters I thought about this one because I really love the, the yin and the yang yeah no, I just have all the Ryzen posters. From <laughs> yeah, yeah, but here's another artist series one. Oh Ooh, yes, this was uh, this was my third place. My second place was the one that GC ended up ultimately choosing the 287 artist one. But I really like this one. Zinsky really official like one. 288. To this was a UFC official one that, in my opinion, was the best of the year. I love uh, this one. pound for pound. Yeah, you have them that fighting in the bottom. The that gold, clean, simple, that is clean. First time in UFC history. Another good UFC one. Uh, Jacksonville. I like the colors on this I one. I hate that box at the top. I hate the Fight Night box. I hate ah, it. It's kind of synonymous with it, though. Oh, I hate put it. it on this one doesn't have it. 288 actual poster was pretty like good the, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, it's nice. I like this one. Uh, Johnson Marias 3. Love a, love a good drawing one. Is that is that an official? I don't think it's official. Yeah. You love the officials, man. But I do like it. I mean, I we like it. Of the side ones. By the way, UFC should just use the artist ones. They're oh always better. Use the can, we go to, can we go to a couple artist ones real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, this is 294. Yeah. This is great. Yep. Rio Extra I mean, this is that is amazing. Top notch stuff. I don't know why you wouldn't want this as the official poster. Our guy, yeah, Galong, baby, and he had to make this change late. Oh right, this was uh, this was the Jones. not supposed to be the main event. Yeah, yeah, and the main. Um, Bellator, Legends Live On. Oh, I forgot about this. Yeah, one. that was cool. Technically, it wasn't the official one. Kind of just like a right. PFL World Championships. Oh, nice another one. drawing one. Uh, now we're getting into the weeds. Black combat in South Korea. Oh yes, going off. Oh, uh, parasite. Parasite, love, love that. that. That is incredible. Uh, legendary ACA one. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, this one looks like a. Lord I mean, this should really just be the. I know you you you've called the social media user the Kaposa. This really is the Kaposa. Uh, yes. Category. What the yes. poster? Yeah, the no, posters. No, 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 no. I mean, these are like Kaposa is the hero for this. That Road was... FC. <laughs> I don't even know. Like the fact that I'm 100 percent sure Kaposa watched this. Wait, uh, so Capo- uh, see, I'm not, I'm not understanding. Kaposa told you about these ones. Yes. Oh, okay, got he's, it. Invasions he's, of the Body he's Snap. The guy behind Catchers. it all. You think I remember all of these? I mean, this. One. <laughs> <laughs> you were watching Flex Fight Series. He was live tweeting Flex Fight Series. This guy, crazy. Unless uh, I'm mistaken, and hopefully Kaposa doesn't kill me for this. I think like every week he does like a does, what's yeah. on. And has all the posters yeah, like on does. the website, so like he has all a backlog of these somewhere. No, he's I a mean, true a walking legend. encyclopedia. What a legend! It's 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 really incredible. The fact that he doesn't have a million followers for what he does is, I mean, the service a he million, does a trillion, everybody. Uh, a couple of good boxing ones. 
Shout out to uh, the, yeah. the boxing fights in Saudi Arabia. Of course, Day of Reckoning. Then the alternate Day of Reckoning. A yeah, lot of good this one, I think, know. was the better one, if I'm being honest. I even this one this was all one. time, dude. I love a drawn. I just love like an actual artist. Yes, me too. Poster rather me too. It than changes everything. Photos. All right. A lot of well, good ones, the, man. Uh, the poster of the year award. Okay, uh, let's move things along. In the same sort of vein is the photo of the year category, one of our newer awards. We've been doing it for a few years because these are iconic. Of course, we've talked about uh, immortalizing photos on our walls and whatnot. Uh, a lot to choose from here. Uh, I suppose I'll go first. Uh, I thought of uh, a couple. There were a few that came to mind. Um, for a moment, I will say, a brief, brief moment at the beginning, I, I was thinking of Francis Ngannou standing over Tyson Fury, um, and it's actually a photo that we have on the wall right over here. But again, I really wanted to keep this to MMA, and technically that wasn't an MMA fight. Um, I thought of Israel Adesanya with the bow and arrow. We just showed some of them at the top when we were talking about knockout of the year. Not only the bow and arrow, but just the celebration afterwards. Um, I definitely thought of that one. Um, and by the way, I do want to mention the uh, photographers. So uh, Nganu standing over Fury, uh, Justin Setterfield, um, Izzy's bow and arrow shots, Jeff Batari of the UFC, who does such a great job. Uh, there's the Issa Makhachev one, where he's doing the shh, and, uh, and Volk is in the, uh, the background, uh, blurry. That's, uh, that's the one from um, after he knocked him out. Uh, that's Chris Unger, who uh, took that photo. Uh, John Jones also with his finger over his mouth against uh, following his win over Surreal Gan. But in the end, I actually went with one that uh, really gave me all the feels and that we put up on the wall. It's not on the wall right now, but we do have it. Uh, it is this one. It is the photo that was taken after Fyodor Emelianenko's last fight in California, very early 2023 it's not special. There's no iconic pose. The lighting isn't anything to write home about. It was taken by Lucas Noonan of Bellator. But because I love this moment so much, because I love that they invited non-Bellator slash Strikeforce fighters, that there's, you know, everyone from Rampage to Dan Henderson to Hoist Gracie to Chuck Liddell to Matt Hughes to Mark Coleman to Dan Henderson, um, who I just said uh, twice, I believe, um, it just, it just was nice. It felt good. It, it, I love this stuff. I'm a sucker for this stuff. The legends coming together. That, to me, was an incredible moment. Uh, I maintain it should have happened before the fight, as I, as I fought hard for. Remember I said the, the walkout should have featured those guys? Essentially what they did in Saudi, by the way, when Francis and Tyson walked out. Remember they had the champions kind of like in the hallway? That's what it should have been. In the end, though, it's fine. The photo lives on. That's my photo of the year by Lucas Noonan of Bellator. GC? Yeah, it's a great photo. Uh, I mean, especially if you're familiar with the history of the sport. Uh, but I'm actually going to go a different route. Uh, you said it's not MMA, so you didn't want to do it. I didn't care. It's just too good of a photo. I am going to take Tyson Fury. Uh, knocked down by Francis Ngannou, Ngannou standing over him. Uh, it's just an incredible picture. It's just like this time last year, you know, we talked about Strickland being the champion. If you had told me this time last year, I wouldn't believe it. This time last year, if you had showed me this photo, I would not believe my eyes. I mean, for him to not only get the boxing match with Tyson Fury, but to also knock him down and the, and the photo to come out like this, it's, it's just, it's unbelievable stuff. Yeah, it's great. Storybook. Amazing. 
It's the only one that, made, that, that you currently got on. Uh, no, I know. On the set, it's yeah. it's a pretty incredible photo. I also went a completely different direction. Okay. Um, I chose one from Instagram. I have no idea who took this photo. Uh, it's John Jones wow. and Israel the link That's up of the century. One. To That's me, a great this one. when this hit the internet, that was a great one. Yeah. I was just like, my I was, my heart was warm. That my was mind was blown. Like we saw the glimpse of it with Izzy um, doing like the the video with John Jones. He's like yeah. this mother effer, John Jones. But when you see them hand, arm in arm like this, like this was power. This is power right here between two of the best fighters on the planet. Uh, this photo, it was very hard because I had another more traditional, conventional photo as my number two. But this was this was the one that I will remember. And uh, yeah, Israel and John, just like who would have thought? Who, That's who an amazing thought? one. That's a really good one. I love that what a one. moment. Wait, what month was that? Was that? It was early in the year. Did he? So he was not champ, right? Oh, you know what it was? I think Izzy. I think I think John was going to Vegas for like the pre-fight press conference for Surreal Gun, and yeah. Izzy was there too for the. Maybe for the press conference, they were doing one also for his fight against Alex Pereira. That was great. Yeah, you're right. I mean, considering how volatile that relationship was. Vitriolic. Yeah, it yeah. was just so nasty. And and those two are just embracing. It's the mega powers. It's the, it's the, it the really arm is. and arm. Um, do we have a, a moment for some other ones? Yeah, go ahead. Please, 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 please. please, 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 please. Th- you, you covered a lot of them, but there's one that I that I feel like I need to call out. And it's and it's hopefully we can get to it. Let's see. Let's let's start going through some of these photos. Okay. Oh you? yeah, sure. I mean, uh, this one from UFC 286, uh, Rafael Fazeev against Justin Gaethje. That's Jeff Botari taking that, that one. one. Uh, absolutely fantastic shot uh, after a war. This one, Ishmael Bonfim after oh, knocking yeah. out Terence McKenney gets up on the cage. Uh, Buda Mendez taking that one. Cooper Neal getting this shot of uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley becoming the bantamweight champion. So good. Um, our very own. Esther, Esther. Oh, yes, out. that's a great one. I mean, <laughs> almost got my photo of the year. Again, so not good. technically MMA, but uh, I mean, it's, it's an a MMA fantastic move. one. It's an MMA fighter, too. So I yeah. think that, Please that tell matters. me Dylan Dennis on his back is here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I should have snagged that yeah. one. I actually didn't get it. Uh, a couple other that you mentioned, uh, Izzy with the bow yeah. and arrow and all the emotion coming out. Um, Islam. Islam walking yeah. away after the win. Uh, this one, I actually don't know who took this one, uh, but it was one. on a, a fantastic account. Fight picks go hard. Uh, you should follow them. They always give proper credit. Um, but, I mean, this one of John Jones is unbelievable. Leon for the rematch. This, with, this was oh, my number three. This was my number man, three. Yeah. Out, Back in March. Uh, Fuck, all time. That's incredible. That is such a sick photo. Such a sick photo. Another uh, unbothered. Just another really alternate cool. universe one. This is my number two. Oh, this is my number two. Oh, my <laughs> God. These are great. <laughs> Perry. Perry. This is an amazing trip down memory lane. Yes. Shout out to my boy, Phil Lambert. Uh, oh, my who, God. Who shoots BKFC. He's the man. But, I mean, this is, this so is like it's alternate like, universe. Yeah. GC described it perfectly. What yeah. Is, what is Feldman this? is like, please. Loving it. Uh, are you yeah, kidding me? Is. This guy's heart was beating at yeah. a million beats a second. This was like his dream come true. He's got the belt over his yes. shoulder. It's unbelievable. Uh Strickland, yeah, letting Izzy have it at the end of the fight. Um, Shavka with the choke out of Jeff Neal. And Jeff Neal had some fun with this one as well, tweeting it out afterward. Uh, just how crazy of a picture it is. Um, Great year in photos. Yeah, John Jones. Really, this technically wasn't a photo. This was from the broadcast. Oh. Uh, 
you know, but obviously Cyril Gantz in there afterward. Another one from the broadcast. Got to got to shout it out. Norman uh. Dumont, Chandler, all time. <laughs> this is an all time. Is this because the of run. all the memes you have? Bookmark. Is that how you have? Oh, all I mean, memes? we could have gone for days. Yeah. We could have gone for days. Uh, a big shout out. The Caposo photos is is fight picks go hard. They fight are picks. consistently putting out great stuff uh, all year round. All right. Well, uh, those are great. There's nothing more to add there. I was just thinking. Is it time that we add meme of the year? Because uh, it's not bad. We might have to. You know? It's not bad. We might have to. Maybe for next year we add that one. Uh, we don't have You're meme right. of the year, but this is when I take a bit of a step back and mm. uh, let the boys uh, drive the train because uh, we do have social media user of the yes. year. Uh, a very <laughs> this, <laughs> this, polarizing. <laughs> this caused some consternation. Yeah. Let's just say I've I've struggled with this, but <laughs> okay, here it is. This is your pick. I, only only Rick weighs in on. Only this I'm giving this, and and obviously you have to imagine that I conferred with with Caposa on this because uh, the the actual title of this award is the is the Caposa. Uh, don't forget that we have changed. While it says Social Media User of the Year, we have actually changed the name of this award to the Caposa in honor of the man who runs uh, MMA social media, Caposa. Uh, and is just a valuable resource to us all, the man. Um, there's one man out there who is making a positive impact in the community. There's one man out there who is changing like the lives of small businesses, is creating uh, incredible positive content, and is just like has has become a superstar overnight and shaped the landscape of social media. And that person did not win the award this year. The award this oh. year went to Dylan Dennis. Wow. Uh, because that it is... had to go to Dylan Dennis. Because it had to. Um, there will be some people who will take issue with what Dylan Dennis did. And I will say, you know, transparently, I do not agree with what Dylan Dennis did. But if, if you are talking about who drove the most uh, traffic and who created the most stir and who uh, effectively promoted an entire fight on the foundation of social media and built it up to be one of the bigger fights of the year, I could not give it to anybody other than Dylan Dennis. And I, I struggle to think um, if this should be the, the answer. Uh, but ultimately, um, I've conferred with Kaposa and, and we agreed that nobody... Nobody was able to have quite the impact uh, on the fight space, social media, uh, other than Dylan Dennis. So shout out to Dylan. Wow. How do you feel about this, GC? This is is a tough one. This is a tough one. I mean, dude, he went went from like 300,000 followers on Twitter to over a million. Now he's at over. But at what cost? At what cost? cost? What did it cost? The, The engagement is not hitting like it was during the lead up to the fight. But the point is does the. Okay, so let me just play devil's advocate. Are we rewarding, you know, subhuman behavior? I would ask you, that's a, that's a slippery slope. I would ask you, are there other categories here where there's some people that we're selecting that we are rewarding? To this level? Who, who would come close? I mean, I'm not going to throw stones. I'm not going to cast uh, aspersions. Well, uh, but I'll say that this sport, if every no, year we were to hold it to people. that standard. Yes, there are bad actors. But I'm saying, like, this dude is being rewarded for something specifically bad. Like, he is getting the award, not because he's a bad guy, but because he did something bad repeatedly and repeatedly and repeatedly. Yeah, and it works to the effect of selling one of the biggest fights of the year. I mean, look, I'm not making a moral judgment here. I yeah, would not. Yeah. I would not uh, recommend this, but it is it is it is the answer. It is the unfortunate answer. Wow, I can yeah. see some people. I, I'm curious what the people have to say about this. Um, I mean, this this led me to go to Dylan Dennis's Instagram, and I'm trying to pull it right now. But we have a we do have a late entry for photo of the year. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get this in time. Okay, it is, it okay. Is so well, good. let me just say while you're doing that, um, 
I mean, I totally understand where you're coming from. Remind me who won this last year? Paulo Costa. Okay, because I was going to say, shouldn't Paulo Costa win? But I guess he won last year. Paulo Costa won last year. I think last year was his breakout breakout social media year for Paulo Costa. Yeah, it was Dylan. Was there anyone else on the list? I'm just curious who else was. I I, I was alluding to it and joking. I strongly did consider Keith Lee because even though you could have given him that last year as well, like the things that guy is doing and it seems like... Uh, yeah. Today, there's another news story about how amazing Keith Lee's been on... on. Uh, but is he even like an MMA guy media? anymore? Well, that's... Yes. I mean, I don't know if you knew this. I had to look this up. Did you know Keith Lee fought for Uriah Faber's promotion in 2022? No, not really. Yeah. He fought for Uriah Faber's promotion in 2022. I had no idea. Wow. Um, But yes, I mean... There's there look it's it's hard. There's there's there wasn't an obvious. I felt like Paulo Costa was the obvious answer last year. Um, but yeah, that's. I actually like this because I wasn't thinking this, but now that you mention it, I think it's uh it's an acceptable answer. It has to be. I mean, he was all he he took over Twitter for like three months. Yeah, especially the combat sports place. I did get the picture here. Oh, what is it? What is uh, it? I mean, this is just a, oh, him this is another alternate reality <laughs> yeah. where it literally looks like he's fighting the security guard. And tried crazy. to. And tried to. It had to be Dylan. How do you but feel yes. about it having to be Dylan? It had to be him. I am conflicted. <laughs> yes. I am conflicted about him. this. <laughs> I'm conflicted because yes, there is a there is an element of what uh how did we get there and and what was the cost is is a good way to put it as you put it. Uh but the the results were undeniable. The, the first the one that you chose back in the day was that when you chose Henry Cejudo and then you instantly regretted it. That was what I chose, uh, Henry Cejudo. And what was the better answer? Oh, Darren Till. Darren Till Darren was a no-brainer Till, yeah, that year, yeah, and I yeah. picked Henry. And, um, I wonder if you're going to regret this And then I one. think Hasbullah? <laughs> really? I picked Hasbullah. Oh, my yeah. God. And then, uh, yeah. look, it's a, very, the award in person. it's a very prestigious yeah. group to be a part of, as you know. Um, and, yeah, this year it was Dylan. This year it was Dylan. All right. Uh, congratulations, Dylan Dennis. By the way, true or false, Dylan Dennis will compete in some form of combat sports in 2024. True. Yeah. MMA? True. I would hope so. That's Look, let's call it what it is. I'm only interested in seeing him compete in MMA or sure. grappling. Those are the two. I do not want to see him box again. Uh, bare knuckle, I guess. If if I had to, I could be convinced of that. But like the dude is a really, really legit grappler. There's no reason he couldn't be... Um, somebody who competes with somebody in MMA or in a grappling competition. I mean, it might be time to finally dust off the Gordon Ryan versus Dylan Dennis thing. Um, but yeah, I, w- I hope so. I hope so. You agree, GC? Yeah, I'll say he does. Yeah. I'll say um, all right. Well, congratulations to Dylan, a social Hello. media user of the year. Um, before we get to our next pick, because... They are related. This is GC's time to shine because we've got Bad Beat of the Year coming up, Underdog of the Year, Lock of the Year, Most Profitable Fighter of the Year. Um, those four, that four-pack is uh, very much related to what he does very, very well, and that's uh, the gambling side of things, of course, still to come. Male fighter, female fighter, fight, round, feel-good story, story, and more. All right. GC, your time to shine. Bad Beat of the Year, and if you can... For the, you know, less informed, if you can also just explain what a bad beat is, that would be great. Sure, of course. Well, quickly, just an update uh, on the over-under of 12.5 oh, yeah. or three across the board. We are currently at four. Uh, live line has shifted to 9.5. <laughs> uh, minus one in each way. So if you want to get in, uh, get in now. But we both said over, huh? Both said over. Yeah. Uh, and after I'm done with this, we'll be done with 16 of the 26 categories. So 10 to go. 
Yeah, maybe down the stretch is uh-huh. where is where you're gonna get your uh, gonna get your payday there. But I uh, just wanted to give a quick update on that. Uh, all right, so first up of these four betting based awards is the bad beat of the year. If you don't know what that is, um, a bad beat is not when you lose a bet or when you make a bad bet and you lose. A bad beat is when you essentially have a winner. You never want to do it, but you start counting the chickens. You're like, "What am I going to do with this money? Huh? How am I going to rebet this, uh, reinvest it?" Uh, you know, it's it's essentially when you are given a loss, given a defeat, when you have a hand, a win almost in hand. It it hurts. It makes you sick to your stomach. It's it's just one of the worst ways to do it. And actually, this year's uh, didn't result in a loss. But let me just set the scene here you know it's a it's a beautiful saturday um in uh the great month of november you're sitting down on your couch to watch what better than than a ufc apex card um and it's it's the early prelims you know you're just getting into the the night you got an underdog you got an underdog in trey hog then he comes out clearly wins the first two rounds you know he's looking good on the live odds he's up 20 to 18 uh likely on all three judges scorecards unless there's some some tomfoolery going on uh and you're feeling good and then in round three he's well on his way to winning the third and final round and then it looks like he gets the finish he gets a submission you're celebrating you just cashed you know a plus 110 plus 120 whatever it may be uh and then it turns out that Nicholas Moda actually did not tap to Trey Ogden, and it was a mistake made by the referee, Mike Beltron. And instead of going to a technical decision, it is turned to a no contest, and your winnings are turned to nil, and all you do is get your money back. Well, that happened in November at UFC Apex 82. You can see the scorecards right here, uh, up 20-18, to 18, except for Chris Lee. Not really sure how he scored that one for Moda. Ogden outstruck him 41-12. to 12. In that round, don't really know what he was watching. Either way, you had to feel good going into round three. It looked like a winner. Then it was a winner. Then it was not. Trey Ogden, obviously upset afterward, uh, was asking for his purse money after the fight, but uh, saw a lot of people that were on Trey Ogden that week, made a really good bet, uh, and ended up not getting their winnings in this situation. Oh, I thought Rick was going to say something. Just that that's a horrible beat. <laughs> he was po- he was posturing up. I, I agree. He was posturing with you. up. Uh, but thank you, Rick. I appreciate that. Let's move on to the underdog of the year. You're probably thinking this is Alexa Grasso. Maybe it's Sean Strickland. No, we actually head to the great promotion that is no more. We go over to Bellator. There's nothing better than sitting down for a nice Friday night at Bellator. You got a giant jockey parlay, and it gets killed on a minus 1,600. Uh, Well, that happened to you if you backed four-time national champion in wrestling in Joey Davis. He made his return after uh, almost a three-year layoff against Jeff Creighton and ends up losing by a very close split decision. Jeff Creighton Plus 864 gets it done by Splitty over Joey Davis at Bellator 293. According to Topology, he was the biggest betting underdog of the entire year that cashed in MMA. Uh, so shout out to Jeff Creighton. He actually went on. You mentioned Uriah Faber's A1 con- uh, combat earlier. He went on to challenge for the title, win it, and then defend it 3-0 and in Get 2023 for Jeff Creighton. Wow. Shout out to him. Man. Wow, what a year. Did we overlook him That's for some of these awards? Still Jeff saying, Creighton. Oh, we still got male fighter of the year to go. Jeff Creighton might be up for that one. Don't sleep. Huge. 
Don't sleep. Uh, so, yeah, if you cashed on a Jeff Creighton, if you cashed on a Jeff Creighton by decision, if you cashed on a Jeff Creighton by split decision, uh, I'd like to know what's going to happen in the future because that would be an unbelievable <laughs> bet. We move on. Uh, there could be some contention here with the, with the lock of the year uh, as we actually get our first back to back winner, especially after the last performance he put on. But there's no one else that I could choose. If you can name someone, I, I'd like you to. But again, Jailton Almeida, your lock of the year, 3 0, two finishes, one 50 45. Actually, he got two 50 44s on that one as well. Outstruck his opponents 87 to 21 while winning all eight rounds that he fought and was never in any danger, was never hurt. He's just, when I say lock of the year, I mean just like one of those guys you know you can throw in the parlay, you know you can you can bet on him and you're going to have nothing to worry about. Uh, and in 2023, in 2022 as well, that was Mr. Jelton Almeida. Has a tougher test to kick off 2024, uh, but so far in his UFC career, throwing Jelton Almeida in the parlays has uh, resulted in very few sweats uh, so far. And then last... By the way, but not it, how hard is it to get all these stats? Like, you know, it takes some digging. Yeah. It takes some digging, especially the the underdog and yeah. the most profitable. The most profitable takes takes yeah. the most digging because you don't really know. Uh, and actually, for the first time ever, the most profitable fighter of the year does come from the UFC. I'm, I'm curious if you guys have any guesses on who it may be. Oh boy, man, most Strickland? profitable. It's not a bad guess. Um, I'm just figuring the Izzy, and then you know he probably wasn't like uh, a huge favorite over anybody. If he was DDP, not a bad guess. No, I don't know who is it. I'm trying to think of someone who had big wins. Had to fight a couple times. Um, it's actually a newcomer. Newcomer. Oh, is it uh BSD? Elvis Brenner. There it is. Oh, yeah. He Mr. Rick yeah. guessed it. Yeah. Uh, 3-0. Oh, Our man. man Elvis Brenner. <laughs> uh, plus 470 against oh. Sabira Tukugov. Comes oh. in on about a month's notice. Uh, gets that one done by split decision. Then in July, takes on Garam. And again, a huge comeback. Giant cut on his head. Looks like he's dead to rights. Gets the finish in the third round. Catches as a plus 475. That's insane. First one, he was the biggest underdog on the card. Second one, he was the second biggest underdog on the card. And then gets a short notice matchup uh, to end out the year for him against Kainan Krushkevsky. Uh, I know I botched that one, but he's the rightful favorite in that one and gets it done in the very first round. If you had bet $100 each time Brenner fought this year, you would be up $992.62. If you had bet $100 and then just rolled it over every fight, you'd be up... Three thousand nine hundred eighty-nine wow. and forty cents. Uh, so what a year for Brenner! Massive underdog tickets oh cashed by him, uh, and obviously insane. these odds via tapology. Um, if there's someone that I missed, I am but one man uh, with a computer to research. I'd love to uh, hear everyone's thoughts uh, if I miss someone. But from what I found, most profitable fighter of the year, Mr. Elvis Brenner. Congratulations. Uh, I thought maybe uh, Jesus Pinedo would get uh, some love. Yeah, yeah, he had a great year. Uh, unfortunately, he had the loss to start it out. Mm. Yeah. And then Impa, he had an unbelievable year, went 5-0, and but he was actually a favorite in every single one of those fights. Yeah, that is true. Oh, Impa as well, yeah, Kasangane. Yeah. Uh, great, great story. He could, uh, 
he could be a, a mention for a comeback fighter, any one of those coming yep. up as well. Um, but yeah, a lot of people were talking about Elvis. That was great. That was Just great stuff. Two nearly five to one dog performances is crazy. Is it's crazy. That's it's insane. Crazy, All right. Those are the four, right? Those are the four. Uh, tremendous stuff there. So, of course, uh, great stuff from Rick. I love that. This is my favorite part of the show because it's your. It's it's not about me. I get to sit back uh, and 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 see you guys. Um, you know, <laughs> do your thing. We've got Rick doing his thing. <laughs> Social yeah, media back. user of the yeah, year. We got GC doing his thing. <laughs> Incredible stuff. And last year, you may recall. Uh, there was a bit of a miscommunique with our guy, Mysterious Frank. Yes. Uh, Frank, you remember Mysterious this, right? Mysterious do, Fight of the Year. All of a sudden, I have all this extra anxiety. <laughs> we <laughs> no, wouldn't no. do that to no, you. We, we would not do that to you again. It, I felt bad. The boys felt no, it bad. it was well played now that I'm remembering it. Damn. Ah, yeah. come on. It was great stuff. It was great fun. Uh, I'm actually surprised bad. you didn't think to maybe do it. Uh, to, to well, I can't pick one just in case. Well, the great thing about it was this time uh, on the group chat, Frank was very excited to hear that for the first time ever in the history of the program, we actually have an award that is sponsored. Amazingly, we have an award that is sponsored. And wouldn't you know it, as luck would have it, it would be the one award where Frank gets to pick a winner. Yes, because Frank uh, is such a big supporter and fan of Most Valuable Promotions, MVP has actually sponsored an award this year, and there's only one person who picks the winner. It's Frank because he's such a, a, a big fan and supporter and admirer of all things MVP. Frank, how excited are you about this year's MVP Fighter of the Year? Of course, we've been talking about it on the chat. You're all in. I'm sure you've done uh, great research here. Just your thoughts about having this award sponsored and it being all to yourself. You know, having a sponsored award just speaks volumes. I mean, honestly, every award should be sponsored. And yes, that is if true. If there are companies watching the show right now, they need to open up their coin purses and just start throwing it our way because it's such an honor. And you isn't feel it more pressure having the only sponsored award? You know, um, I don't feel that pressure because it's such a necessity that each of these are sponsored that this actually feels like a given, you know, like an easy peasy. Of course. And uh, what's so great about it is I loved how all in and excited you were on the chat. Super uh, excited. Yeah, no, it, it really seemed. And, and what's great about this is like some people will be like, oh, MVP fighter of the year. Like, all right, like, isn't that just fighter of the year? But what's great, you know, about, we talked about this, like, it's sort of like the Walter Payton Award in the NFL. It's someone who gives back to the community. It's someone who has values, ethics, who's just like, you know, an upstanding individual, right? Tell us more, Frank. Yeah, I mean, the idea is that an MVP fighter is not just your average fighter. This is a fighter that delivers. Are you on mostvaluablepromotions.com right now? Is that right next to your... Frank. Are you not? He is legitimately on mostvaluepromotions.com. You are ready for this, right? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, I even prepared some music for it. Wow. Car Um, crash? (laughs) (laughs) That's him leaving. He's fleeing in the the getaway. No, Frank is just playing. He's 100% prepared for this. Uh, In fact, how exciting is this? Not only is it sponsored, we actually have a special video message from the co-founder of Most Valuable Promotions, our good friend Nikisa Badarian, who sent this into us. Before we get Frank's pick, we want to hear from Nikisa Badarian. Take it away, Nikisa. Hey, 
and Mysterious Frank. We're so excited and honored to have you pick the first ever MVP Fighter of the Year. Appreciate you, man. Let's go. I mean, Let's go. Let's go, this Frankie. Incredible. I cannot wait for this, man. I mean, Frank, I mean, this is incredible stuff. You know, what we're you actually defending them with a real plaque, too, the winner. Of Let's it. take a look at the control room right now. What, what is the mood as uh, we're about? Can we get any sense Frank, for... Frankie's we're amped frantically, up. <laughs> we're amped up. frantically Googling right now. Uh, Frank, I mean, I'm so happy for you. Googling just to, you know... <laughs> Make sure that everyone is paying attention. Okay. Yes. All right. So uh, what do you got? Do we have like a drum roll or, or something? Something, yeah. Frank. Something. MVP. I mean, I'm starting to get the impression that you're a bit caught off guard, which, again, I thought we had talked about one of the New Year's resolutions of 2024 was that you would be more attentive on the group chat. Uh, I'm sorry, Ariel. Were you just talking to me? <laughs> You didn't miss this one, did you? I mean, we, we said not. we're not going to do this again. You hearted the message. Put you I on thought the that was uh, I mean, it was 100% hell yeah. I did think we had asked them, like, hey, we know you sponsored, but it's actually a two for one. You get male fighter of the year and female fighter of the year. Mm, but again, this isn't about just fighter of yes. the year. It's about, like, someone who gives back to the community, ethics, things of that nature. Yeah. So speaking ethically and giving back to the community, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, specifically the puerto rican community ah uh, you can't um, pick no that was one of the criteria they specifically said you can't pick one of their own they want this to be about showcasing other fighters there are other puerto rican fighters it was in all caps and bolded that you can't uh, choose an mvp fighter uh, frank we got you come on hey <laughs> isn't that good i mean yeah, that's a good uh, gag well right played. there yeah how much are you sweating right now uh, pretty much. I mean, I was hoping we were gonna let it cook and just do, have him say something. No, I don't do you want me to break the fourth wall? Go ahead, go ahead. A little bit of chest pain. <laughs> oh God, I don't want that. Yeah, here we go. Another repeat. <laughs> last last show. Frank, that's. I mean, even the Nikisa video really put the it over Nikisa the video. Yeah, Nikisa that's video the was all time. The Nikisa yeah. video was all time. The, the let's go at great. the end was so good. He, I'm actually not making this up. He's on. He went to mostvaluepromotions.com like it's going to give him some sort of answer. I, I have that up all the time. I love I would believe like that a highlight at, his, of at like, his main screen, actually. Yeah, Amanda Serrano's It is my homepage. There. It's a greatly built website. Shout out to them. I mean, the, the website looks fantastic. Uh, shout out to Nikita who, who gave us that video, who shot that video yes. for us as Do he was boarding a plane. money back? So good. Yeah. So good. Um, no, listen. Uh, Did they, we lose the sponsorship now? Do we lose that? <laughs> yeah. do, we have to, do we have to refund their money on this? Frank, which one Which one did we get you worse on? Last year or this year? Oh, this year. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because it played on, well, we wouldn't do that again. Yes, yes, yes. So now I'm exactly. curious. Um, I do have an answer. Yeah, go ahead. Sure, Why not? I mean, honestly, giving back to the community, Francis and Ghana. Oh, okay. I, I mean, mean looking out for fighters in the community, like it's the first step to this path that he's on. And I it's understand not bad. it's not bad, Frank. It's a good like, answer. Yeah. <laughs> the Frank speech formula, where I think he's about to go on a diatribe about someone, and then he just says their name. When it comes back to giving in the community, you know, Francis got Francis and got him. Uh, shout out to MVP. Shout out to Frank. Shout out to Francis. Shout out to Nikisa. <laughs> The whole deal. That was fantastic. Uh, I've been looking. I, I, I actually am a little disappointed in myself. I couldn't stop laughing as I was delivering this. <laughs> and then the video just put me over the, the top. The video I, is so good. I man. didn't know what we were transitioning to, but once you started laughing, I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, okay, Literally, the stuff. images of the group chat were going through my head. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> there were a couple of times where I pulled up that group chat, and it was like 79 messages. I was like, yeah. I'm going to just frank this one. Oh, really? Oh, that hurts. Oh, I read every single one. That hurts. I got to frank it. The YouTube chat is loving this. Um, 
Okay, we're going to have to figure out how to uh, get you next year, Frank. But uh, that was a lot of fun. That's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. It's going to get to the point of the escalation. It's not even on the day we this come is what, back. This is, one of the, this is one of the only times that I wish you were on camera so we could have seen yes, your face. Sure, yes, But uh, that's uh, that's half the fun. All right, one let's, of the only times. Uh, let's, uh, let's move along now and go to comeback fight of the year. Had a little trouble with this one just because there was nothing that really truly stood out. Uh, I'll kick things off in the end. I think this is one that we're all going to agree on. It's one that happened uh, in the summertime. It was uh, a fight night at the Apex. Kind of came and went. Started off horribly for Edson Barbosa in the first round, but he was able to turn the tide and defeat Sadiq Youssef. Uh, the old dog still had a few tricks left. Again, looked very bad for him in the first, but uh, he came on very strong. There you see him in a very dire situation, uh, but there you see him victorious, hands in the air, Edson Barbosa, Sadiq Youssef, comeback fight. And a reminder, we have comeback fighter. I think it's important to separate these two. But in terms of the actual event, the actual fight, comeback fight, Edson Barbosa, Sadiq Youssef. Rick? Two for two. I also had this fight. There were there were a few. There were some in the some other ones in the running, but for me, this was the one with the with the biggest shift. I mean, it looked like Edson Barboza was absolutely dead to rights. You have a guy in there who I have a lot of faith in as a, as a future prospect in Sadiq Youssef, and thought this looks like the the beginning of the end. And to his credit, absolutely just completely turned it around. Uh, to the point where the end, it seemed like a foregone conclusion that Barboza was going to win uh, a very drastic kind of shift. I think for me, the, the story of this one and why I chose it ultimately is how drastic the shift was from from round one to round five. Uh, so, yeah, Edson Barboza. Love it. GC? Yep. That makes it five that we agree on, all yeah. three of us. I mean, to get 10-8ed. Probably could have stopped the fight in that first round and then to come back and win the, all four of the last four rounds across all three judges' scorecards was incredible. The heart that that took, that was that was truly a uh, a comeback of the year. Um, and by the way, an update. Uh, Caposa has weighed in on uh, your pick. He wrote, uh, while Keith Lee uses no, platform— Let me just okay, go ahead. correct the record real quick. It's our pick. Right, yeah, yeah. Kaposa is a is a part of this uh, okay, part fair of enough. this committee here. He's he is aware, you know, of the comings and goings. But uh, yes, continue, please. And by the way, I uh, initially thought when you were talking about Keith Lee, this is where my mind is the pro wrestler Keith Lee. Then I remembered the MMA uh, fighter Keith Lee. There's a pro. Wrestler. I thought of the judge Chris Lee. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I thought of no. Keith Peterson too. No joke. And I was like, wait, he doesn't. Keith have any... Lee is like a celebrity. Yes, I know, I know. Like a legit yeah, like celebrity right now. It's uh, while incredible. Keith Lee used his platform for good, changing lives, communities, and businesses. I felt associating him with MMA would be disrespectful, Kaposa <laughs> says. <laughs> and by the way, he's allowed to say this. He's he's one yeah. of the only that is actually truly yeah. allowed to say this. Dennis used his platform for pure evil <laughs> with a disgusting posting campaign that may lead him to bankruptcy, the true spirit of MMA. He's uh, right. Wow, he said that perfectly. He's absolutely right. Uh, that was tremendous. Um, all right, so we all agree on comeback fight of the year, and the people yes. agree as well. Uh, they gave it to Barbosa Yusuf. Uh, some others that got some nods. Uh, Adesanya Pereira too, um, in Miami. You know, it wasn't going great for Izzy. Um, I don't know yeah. about that. I feel like it was kind of like a, a toss-up fight, but sure, I mean, fair enough. Uh, Hooker Turner. That was there. Uh, Edwards Usman too. Grasso Shevchenko one. Solid. Wait, Edwards Usman two? Mm, no, or it should be three. Should be three, Still. unless this was a mistake. Still, um, yeah. Uh, that was Brenner against Garam. That was Brenner versus Garam. 
Kodata Lice. Yeah, um, Brenner. Yeah, Brenner versus Garam is up there too. Um, so yeah, those are some. And uh, with that in mind, let's go to comeback fighter of the year. How about that? I like this one a lot. Actually, uh, breaking the fourth wall, I actually advocated to split this one for male and female. Uh, and then I was kind of, you know, we talked about it and then, you know, we don't want to make the show so, so long. So we kept it as per usual, just comeback fight of the year. Many to choose from here. Um, I'm curious to see where we go here. Let's start with you, GC. Yeah, I'm actually glad you started with me. This one, uh, I went back and forth, but in the end, I, I feel very solid about my pick. Uh, it's our man, our guy, Tommy Aspinall. Yeah. I mean, the way that he went from leaving the arena crying on a stretcher, the the way that he talked about the the downs that he went through after that injury when he fought Curtis Blades in, in July of 2022, to come back, and when, when he was going into that Tibera fight, I mean, we, we weren't sure how he was going to look. Is the knee going to be all right? He comes out, he gets a knockout in the, in the first minute and a half of that one, and then... He goes for greatness. He takes the fight on short notice against the absolute killer in Sergey Pavlovich. Goes out there, knocks him out in the first 90 seconds again. Two fights, less than two and a half minutes of fight time, I believe. Is now the interim champion and is now calling for a potential dream fight against John Jones. Uh, for me, comeback fighter of the year, Tom Aspinall. Yeah, that's a great one. It's an absolute great one. I had a lot of trouble with this one just because there were so many good candidates. Rick, who'd you pick? Yeah, Tom Espinal was on my short list. My winner, John Jones. Mm. John Jones coming back after that layoff against a guy who was a top contender in that division, had fought for titles, uh, for switching weight classes, the long-awaited heavyweight debut of John Jones, all the factors involved. I, I couldn't give it to anybody other than John Jones. Like it, it, he stamped his mark on the heavyweight division and kind of set up for all these big fights ahead. So it had to be John for me. Because of the because of how long the layoff was and how he looked uh, coming back, love that one too. Uh, the people agree with you, GC. They went with Tom Aspinall. Um, mm-hmm. it, it couldn't have looked worse for, for him last year, meaning twenty twenty two. What a year he had, and uh, you know a little bit of luck along the way, of course. With John, it's funny. John Jones gets injured. He's able to step in. So your two picks are somewhat connected there. Uh, Sean Strickland got a nod from the people, just considering. The uh, the bad end to 2022 for him. John Jones got some love. Alex Pereira, that's kind of a mid-year comeback, if you will. Um, Chris Weidman, I know it didn't go his way, but just the fact that he was able to come back. Um, some those are those are from the people. Uh, as far as ones that um, that I noted as well, uh, Misha Tate coming back and having a big performance just a uh, a few weeks ago. I mentioned Veronica Hardy. She was out for quite some time and had a great 2023. Yaroslav Amasov, uh, remember he had to go away to uh, to fight for his country. Ukraine came back and, you know, successfully defended his title, eventually lost his title. And one that for a moment I had actually winning uh, was John Hathaway. Remember John Hathaway was out for almost a decade um, due to a litany of uh, uh, health problems. And we had him on the show. He's talking about getting kicked in the stomach with a bag and all this stuff. And it's like, holy crap. Um, but in the end, I gave it to Tatiana Suarez, who uh, had a four-year layoff and has had to deal with a whole host of issues. Her last fight prior to this year was June of 2019. I think we all thought after that win over Nina Ansaroff 
she was very close to fighting for the belt and uh, she has had to battle through a lot. She had to battle through a lot pre-UFC, during the UFC. She comes back finally in February of 2023 as a flyweight. She beats Montana De La Rosa. She moves back down to 115. She beats Jessica Andrade. And uh, now it feels like she is oh so close to finally fighting for a belt. I would be shocked if she doesn't fight for a belt in 20. If she doesn't fight for a belt in 2024, something has gone horribly wrong. And I would also argue that I would rather see Zhang Weili fight her next than anyone else, just because I feel like this has to happen at some point. She is just that damn good. 10 and 0 now. Um, and what a comeback for her. So she is my pick for comeback fighter of the year. Yeah, great pick. Great I mean, pick. She's, she's unbelievable. John Hathaway, wasn't that? That was last, last year. year. That was my selection for last year. That was last year. Yep, yep. Was it last year? What year was it? Like, no, what month was that? November? So he fought this year, but he fought in uh, October 2022, what, I think. Was it? Wow. Fucking time is flying, huh? Thanks flying. for correcting me, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow, he's come back twice. How was that? Good thing I didn't give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the best part here. Uh, <laughs> I literally gave it to him last year. Yeah, I think uh, you gave it to him last year. I might have. Right? Yeah, I might have given it to him last year. <laughs> right, Actually, fine. he was such a good comeback fighter of the year, he I almost won two that. times off of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Right. I think you were onto something with Strickland. I also think this is where I would note, not my winner, but I would note Impa Kasanganai. Like, yeah. you know, kind of like in flux a little bit after 2021, had a fight in 2022, but then 2023 just absolutely put the the, the foot on the gas and uh, turned it an incredible PFL uh, season. So, yeah. He would have been great for breakout, too, to go from PFL Challenger Series to PFL Champion. 5-0. Yep. Now he's hobnobbing with the AEW guys. I saw him saw uh, just a couple of days ago. Um, all right, let's go to upset of the year. And I feel like this really came down to two. I feel like you either go with Valentina Shevchenko losing to Alexa Grasso or Izzy losing to Sean Strickland. You know what's interesting about Izzy? I feel like he's involved in so many of these fights, whether it's the Pereira stuff, whether you know, whether it's the knockout, whether it's the Strickland stuff, whether it's the DDP stuff. Like He was just like involved in a lot. Um, so ultimately it comes down to the two. Rick, who do you got? Sean Strickland. Yeah. It was the biggest what-the-F moment of the year. Um and and not only that, but just the way he did it, um, as we said, like he was my breakthrough fighter. Couldn't have seen it coming at the end of of twenty twenty two. For me, it had to be Sean Strickland. Yeah, it was so big. It was so seismic. It still doesn't feel very real, right? Um, and I, and I wonder how many people think Sean Strickland's still going to be champion at the end of this year. Very Leon Edwards esque in uh, in that regard. So it comes down to those two. The people, by the way. Uh, they agree with you, and they overwhelmingly voted for Strickland over Adesanya in Australia back in September. There it was. Shocking. It was one of those fights that was very reminiscent of Chael Sonnen and uh, Anderson Silva back at UFC 117, where it was just like a systematic beatdown. Of course, uh, in the end, Anderson pulled it out, but it was like, holy, is this actually happening? It, it almost ended in the first, if you recall, but then it was just like one round down, two rounds down, three rounds, and then you're like almost allowing yourself some... It wasn't like a shock moment you're allowing yourself to actually come to terms with it over the course of a 25-minute fight. Uh, I will agree with you. I went with Strickland, Adesanya. It came down to those two, and that one was just so incredibly far-fetched and uh, insane to watch live and unfold. That's my pick for upset of the year. GC? Yeah, I'm with you guys. Uh, I mean, just the the fashion that it happened, the 
I mean, I guess I just don't know ball because going into this one, I, I gave Strickton a very small chance of winning it. And the way that he did it to, to knock down Izzy in the first round and then just beat him down over the course of the five rounds was just insane to watch. The yeah. fight itself would have been enough, but just consider the circumstances, right? Consider what this was. This was Israel Adesanya saying, I want to fight on this card, throw me anybody. And Sean Strickland being the best available option to just kind of shove in there. This was not some like long built up fight that was brewing between two guys. Like this was just a, is he wants a fight and here's Sean Strickland. He was supposed to be cannon fodder. He was supposed to be the the stepping stone to Israel Adesanya versus Drickus Duplassie. And he's the champion of the world. Like you combine all that and then with the fight itself and how technically proficient he was and how effective he was against Israel Adesanya. I mean, it just, it still blows my mind. To this day. You know what else blows my mind? That we went through comeback and comeback fight of the year and there was no mention of Ronda Rousey. You know, I mean, I... I it's incredible. I, I'm I had actually to, disappointed I had to in myself. I keep my mic off when you said, oh, Chris Weidman came back, but he lost. You know, I, I no, had no. to keep my mic I was just off. Reading. I, didn't wanna, I was just reading. I didn't want to jump in. Um, because, I mean, that's uh, incredible. Know. <sighs> it's when, if she does it... I almost feel, I almost feel like she we have to it. replay that segment. Just every I don't think year. I've ever seen ten year ten year anniversary. So I feel like would be the time. Ten year when did it happen? Uh, twenty sixteen. Here's my prediction. Here's a prediction for whenever we so play it. So twenty twenty six. Yeah. It will have aged like wine. Yeah. Right. the The mental health part of this has become a big fixture in the uh, years since. Your boy was early. Your boy yeah. was early on that. It will. It will have aged like wine. Your, Should we the, call it the Ronda Rousey Comeback Fighter of the Year Award? Should I like, love that. I'm down. Yeah. Listen. When we go, when we when we rewrite the history books, when we go back and and we and we start penning this out, remember who was the the mental health ally? Who remember who was the advocate? It was this guy. It was this guy right here. Yeah. Better help your guy. Yeah, I've yeah. been sitting here the whole time since 2016, baby. All right, this is going to be an interesting one, and perhaps uh, the man that I talked about just moments ago, Israel Adesanya, pops up again. Rivalry of the year. We're we're rounding third here, my friends. Rivalry of the year. And this is one of the few where I felt like I went I went off the board, and so I'll kick this off. Uh, and what I mean by off the board, like I, you know, off the board to me is like picking a boxing photo for MMA photo of the year, or picking uh, artist series poster for poster of the year. This is my sort oh, of lights in there. No, no, it's just like this is my version of that. My version of that is my pick for rivalry of the year. Could have went with a few here, there. I didn't feel like any was like bigger. Or, or box office. And for me, what I think is most important when talking about rivalry of the year is it can't just be like a slice of the year. It has to be something that dominates the year. And I don't think anything dominated the year as far as a rivalry is concerned, more so than Francis Ngannou versus the MMA community. Francis Ngannou versus the UFC. Francis Ngannou versus Dana White. Francis Ngannou versus all the naysayers who thought he fumbled the bag, who thought he screwed up, who thought that this deal was bad, that deal was bad, this deal was stupid, that deal was stupid. Francis versus the MMA community, even to the point after he shocks the world, it's Chael Sonnen somehow coming up with some fakakta you know, idea as to how this wasn't a victory for Francis Ngannou. Francis Ngannou versus the world was the rivalry of the year. That's my pick. Off the board, again, he's not going up against one particular guy. But you'll recall last year, I think I went with Jake Paul versus MMA. So this is along those lines. Francis versus the MMA community. My rivalry of the, rivalry of the year. Guys, your thoughts. Yes, you love boxer versus non-tangible 
thing, you know? No, no, no. Francis, the MMA fighter, took down the machine and, and won the Jake year. Paul. No, no, I don't mind this one. I don't mind this one. I don't As, mind it. Especially because, there, like you said, there really wasn't uh, like a rivalry that just stood head and shoulders above everyone else in the MMA world. What'd you pick? GC, why don't but you I, go? I did go with a rivalry uh, in the MMA world. Uh, really, it just seems like one of the best rivals, rivalries we have going, uh, and it may just be an all-timer as well when you rewrite the history books. Uh, I went with Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pereira. Mm, yeah. See, I also went with this. Okay, you both went, and the people went with this as well. So, yeah, I mean, you get the, you got that incredible fight back in April. Uh, you got did it the, not end in April though? No, at least for no, now. It didn't end in Who's April. the first name that uh, Alex Pereira said out of his mouth after he? I'm won. the daddy. Yeah. And, he, and he referenced back to a promo that was like five years old. Also, the troll job leading up to 287, and then the victory lap by Izzy coming off of 287, and then obviously, yeah, when Alex Pereira won the belt, immediately calling out Israel Adesanya. You, this is a rivalry. They will always be linked. You said it perfectly. Israel is circulating around all of these things. Yeah. Israel has tentacles into all this stuff. As long as Sean Strickland is champion, Israel will be a topic of conversation. As long as Drickus Duplessis yeah. is champion, Israel will be a topic of conversation. Uh, Alex Pereira at Light well, Heavyweight. People are talking Alex have, Izzy, 300, right? It's, he, yeah. This rivalry is the one. It's the best in MMA history, bar none, in my opinion. Ah, and what? That's crazy. Best, best Better than DC Jones? Better. You're out of your mind. Better. Oh, you're the crazy. Fights, That's the a fights of are the moment. absolutely incredible. The fights yeah, are but the, the rivalry. The fights, there was nothing more personal than DC Jones. Personal, yes. I will I will grant you that like that one took it to a different level in terms of being personal. But man, two competitors who just get in there and absolutely create magic and just are intrinsically linked. Like I, I'll be honest, the DC and Jones one is hurt by the fact that John is just better than DC. Like, that's just a fact. Mm. John is better than DC. DC and was winning clear. that second fight. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. He no, was he shimmying out there. Go he back and watch. He, he was. was waiting. He was waiting to get head kicked. No, he it. wasn't. You're crazy. No. Go so back he, and watch John it. Jones is just better than DC. Alex Pereira and Izzy, they could run it. I, I'm not sure who's going to win that one every single time they do it. Anyway, point being, I agree with GC on this one. And I think that rivalry will, will stand the test of time and be a rivalry that's in this conversation every year. Well, that was my second place. Uh, the people, like I said, agreed with you guys. Others that got consideration, uh, Islam Khachev and Alex Volkanovsky, right? There wasn't a ton of heat there going into the fight, but then post-fight and then the the IV stuff. And then, of course, you know, he takes the fight on short notice. Volk does. Um, certainly a consideration. Ian Gary versus the world, something. Uh, Adesanya DDP at one time was supremely... Uh, he did when we yeah, thought actually, that we were I'd, getting that fight. I had forgotten about that moment that we got on on two ninety. Oh yeah, I did a bad job we, of selling my event of the year two ninety. I forgot about that and the Pantoja yeah. post fight speech. Manel Cape Kaika France. Oh yeah. Man. Oh come on. It's just now we're <laughs> no. That was two ninety three, wasn't it? No, I'm just talking about uh, rivalries. He, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah Here are two that didn't quite O'Malley hit, Sterling? The, hit yes. the point, but would have and maybe still can. Elon Musk versus Mark Zuckerberg. Huge yes. mm. yeah. that kind of like you talk about being in the conversation all year. That was definitely one. Uh, and Don Davis versus Dana White. Don Davis versus <laughs> wow. Dana White. Could I wish be, someone had chosen that yes. one. Could be one that's that's I, brewing. I, I feel uh, like that one gets even better. It this will. Year. It will increase. I feel I like Dana's been pretty nice, and then uh, at some point this year he's going to. That, that's a 2024 one to to keep an eye on. And uh, and and that's a perfect transition, by the way, to story of the year because mm-hmm. PFL definitely in the mix for story of the year. Um, of course, with their acquisition of Bellator, 
Bellator in the mix because they were sold uh, or or acquired by PFL. Showtime Sports closing its doors. Um, probably a bigger boxing story than MMA story, but that was certainly um, a huge one. Uh, the UFC USADA partnership coming to an end, a huge one. The TKO group coming together for Endeavor purchasing WWE and putting UFC and WWE together. That was a huge one as well. There were a lot of big stories of the year, but I'll kick off for story of the year, if only because it related to what I said for rivalry of the year. What was a story that I felt dominated in January and still to a degree dominates? And that's Francis Ngannou. And it's every, it's Francis Ngannou dot, dot, dot. It's Francis Ngannou leaving the UFC. It's Francis Ngannou between January, February, March, April, being told that he's screwing up. It's Francis Ngannou signing with PFL. It's Francis Ngannou looking for the boxing fight. It's Francis Ngannou getting the boxing fight against Tyson Fury. It's Francis Ngannou shocking the world against Tyson Fury. And now it's Francis Ngannou. Is he going to MMA? Is he going to mixed rules? Is he going to Anthony Joshua? It's Francis freaking Ngannou. Nothing dominated for as long as Francis Ngannou and all the different permutations did. Uh, again, a lot of big stories this past year, but I don't think anything was bigger and uh, more interesting to follow and brought out passion and debate and all this stuff more so than Francis Ngannou. And it ended up being a great year for him. Uh, at times, you know, he was criticized and uh, dissected, but I, I would say it ended up being a tremendous year for him. So that's my pick for story of the year. Rick? Yeah, I nearly picked it, but something kind of mega had would have had to have happened to usurp it and and something did. Uh I don't know how to encapsulate this. I'll say the changing landscape of of MMA and for that I'm referring to the fact that TKO was formed and Bellator and PFL were formed and now the entities that control uh the the means in mixed martial arts are completely different. The the entire structure of the sport has changed this year in two big moves by two separate uh entities. Um and the shockwaves of this will be felt for a long, long time. Uh, so for me, that there was no bigger story. Um, Francis Ngannou, um, like I, I, I would have picked it in any other year uh, because it dominated 2023. But the fact that the UFC and WWE are now a merged company mm. uh, into TKO and under Endeavor, and uh, Bellator is no longer in existence and has folded into, has been acquired by PFL, is going to have. Uh, repercussions and and shockwaves that are felt for for many many years to come. So why do you put them, them both though? Because those are those are two separate things changing the landscape of MMA. Like th- those, but those are they related? Companies restruct- Yeah, of course. What do you mean? How are they related? Uh, those are the UFC, but uh, like UFC t- with another UFC company WWE is PFL. one story. There, there's no link other than that a similar type that of thing happened. The two. The two preeminent organizations in MMA are drastically sure. changed business-wise. That's not a link. You don't. Yeah, no, I understand agree. that, but like, there's no like common thread other than it's like the same thing happened to both. But there's yeah, that's yeah, okay, that's I get the it. common thread. Like the the industry had different players mm-hmm. in 2022, and now the players are drastically changed in 2023 uh, based on these moves. But you could also say the UFC still has the same owner. Yeah, it's it just does have the same team, owner, but now they, up. TKO is right. a publicly traded company. Like the UFC's business is different now after having teamed with uh, with WWE under the TKO. Like they are they are a stock. The UFC is part of a, a mm-hmm. publicly traded stock. That's significant, in my opinion. No, I get it. I get it. 
Um, no, I mean it's it's one hundred percent. I mentioned both of those in the uh, in the build up to to my pick. What did you pick, GC? I mean, I went with you. This this was hand in hand with Eric Nixick winning Coach of the Year is one of my easiest selections. the The story of this time last year, he was still on the UFC roster. Now he's in a leadership position with PFL. Uh, he's boxing. Tyson Fury and is now ranked as a top ten heavyweight uh, in the boxing scene. Like the the seismic shift of this man's career over the course of this year was was insane, and it was intriguing to watch every step of the way. It was it was wild. I mean, it was it, it felt like it was the year of Francis Ngannou, despite him only fighting once. Yeah, it felt like it was it was his year, man. And it could have gone uh, so horribly wrong for him, right? Yes, that's that's what's so crazy is he got the storybook ending. Uh, and now we get to see where he goes from here with it. Uh, some other stories: the return of John Jones, um, obviously big. In any other year, that's like yeah. A one. That's the that's the headline event. Um, Dana White's domestic violence issues, very beginning of the year, and kind of fizzled out. Just yeah, a beginning few weeks later. You know, you can. I, I, I was going to put this in, but obviously didn't. Um, for comeback of the year, you could put Dana White. <laughs> you know what I mean? To where he was at the beginning of the year, to where he is now, no one mentions this. He's found his lane with these, you know, content creators and the people he does media with and his fasting and all this stuff. Like, he has very much shed any of the the criticism that he was receiving exactly this time last year, where it felt like maybe this could, you know, derail his his reign. Uh, wouldn't you agree, like— Absolutely. I mean, he's in a great he's in a great spot. Everything you just said, and then on top of that, the UFC is just. I'd almost yeah. I'd almost make the argument though that it's not even a comeback, right? It's almost what we expect at this point. Like it's almost like. But it's like this whole other thing that he's experiencing now again with these these content creators and just the the stuff with Donald Trump and uh, you know. I was gonna say we should have put that up for walk out of the walk out, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's just so spontaneous. Don't even think of that. It's so spontaneous. Um, Anyway, uh, that's up there. Jake Paul signing with PFL. I mean, none of these are winners, but just other stories. USADA out. USADA out. Although I guess technically is that 2024? Um, But yeah, USADA out. Eh, but it it happened, you know. What about the antitrust lawsuit? You know, gaining some... That uh, one I think we need resolution to before it becomes a big story. Or Uh, the story. What about the uh, Natan Schultz uh, Manfio uh, yeah, controversy yeah. with Definitely PFL. Definitely story of the year, but that was certainly a controversy. Yeah. Uh, these are just some big ones. Uh, what did the people say? The people said, uh, Francis, they should... You know, Sean Strickland was a massive story. Yeah, for sure. Um, not, you know, not, these feel very singular to people, though, sure, right? Like, sure. this is Francis Ngannou's story, whereas, like, P, uh, PFL acquiring Bellator, like, that is a, that is a yeah. massive impact, right? Francis Ngannou t- had a story that complete, or not even completed, but took place mostly in 2023. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, I would say the Sean one was like September to December, yeah. as opposed to uh, Francis January all the way till the end of the year. All right, uh, let us move along now. Feel good moment. We've called this the mention uh, of the year. It's whatever makes you feel good inside. We like to celebrate the good here. So it could be, as Frank was talking about with his MVP fighter, you know, someone who gives back to the community. It could be someone who had a great moment. It could be a tearjerker moment. It could be a whole host of things. It's uh, really up to your interpretation. GC, why don't you go first? 
Yeah, another fairly easy one for me. Robbie Lawler getting the knockout of UFC 290 against uh, Nico Price, and then the UFC having a tribute video ready for him and and him getting emotional, a guy that you don't really see get emotional like that, uh, and essentially having a walk-off retirement knockout. I mean, the guy had lost, what, six of his last seven going into this one? The only win being over a thoroughly aged Nick Diaz, and then he walks out to the, the last of the Mohicans, Gets the knockout in the first round, has the tribute video. Storybook, man, you just you just really don't see it, and it feels like you never see it in this sport. And you no, know what was so not. great about the uh, the Lawler thing is that it was on the prelims. It was the um, the feature prelims, but because they had extra time, because these fights yeah. went short, they were able to play that video. I, if that goes the distance, and some of the other fights, you know, don't go the distance, they don't have the time to do it. I said on that night, and by the way, I agree with you, uh, so I'll give it to the Robbie Lawler moment. Um, I said on that night, I don't know if the UFC has ever handled a retirement better than this. We knew going in that he was retiring, so they were ready for it. It wasn't like a spontaneous thing. Kind of. Uh, Dana White had said it before. Sure, he sure, was sure. Like ready to really But at least it. they knew it. Yeah. Um, so they have the video. It, it's and, and what made it so like heartfelt was this is a guy who has been somewhat like stoic and emotionless and unflappable and here you see him break down broke down going into the cage quick knockout storybook and how many times have we talked about like uh could you just let shogun get a win on the way out back in january could you just let these guys go out with their dignity go out on top and and look nico price was a fine opponent the perfect kind of opponent he wins the fight they have the moment the double screen the crying Robbie Lawler crying. I mean, it was just so great. And it's how every legend, how every great, how every former championship, Fedor, you know, like you, you wish that his moment was was someone like that. So uh, perfect, perfect stuff. I don't know if they've ever quite nailed it like that. Uh, that is my pick for feel-good moment of the year as well. What about you, Rick? I had it number two, and it was my number one for a long time until I really thought back, like, what was the moment where I was sitting there watching that, it truly felt like the culmination of something. And Robbie was the number one that I had on my list for a long time. And then I realized that it was the obvious. It was it was Francis. It was Francis Ngannou uh, taking Tyson Fury to the absolute limit. Because not, you know, we can, you, I think you outlined very, very uh, well in your story of the year uh, portion why this journey was so significant. But if you go back even further, forget the UFC, forget all of that. He's a he's a man from the sand mines of Cameroon whose goal in life was to be a top level boxer. And on that night, he took what we consider like the the one of the best heavyweights of all time, and definitely in the modern in this modern era right now, uh, to the absolute limit to the point where people thought he won. The culmination of that dream to me just I couldn't even imagine the feeling that he probably had. Yeah, uh, certainly he would have felt better if he got the win uh, officially, but just to have been in that moment, to existed in the time where Francis Ngannou realized this to a level that I don't think en- like e- everybody can even like fathom. Uh, to me, felt like the yeah. I'm su- I'm surprised I didn't pick it. I mean, I felt it too. It just felt it, it felt like a world shift. It yeah. just felt completely different. Um, and so you don't many even have were to think about the UFC part of it. You don't even have to think about the business end of it. This dude from nothing, like pushed Tyson Fury to the limit and knocked him down, and just did something that nobody believed in. Like he he defied the odds in every single part of this. Uh, that was pretty special for me. No, incredible. Um, I, I'll never forget how I felt watching that uh, and the aftermath. 
in the end, the people agreed with GC and I. They went with Robbie Lawler. They also uh, gave a nod to Pantoja winning the belt in the oh, post-fight yeah. interview. Yeah, that was one I had as well. Uh, they also gave a nod to a Korean Zombie and his, yes. uh, his walk out of the cage. Uh, Leon Edwards beating Colby Covington uh, was up there as well. Obviously, <laughs> it, it was, uh, you know, because it was so nasty going in. Uh, I'll tell you, one that I uh, actually strongly considered putting as my, my pick was uh, Tom Aspinall winning and the moment with his great. dad Yes. Yeah. Uh, afterwards. I mean, he, like, he couldn't even control himself. He was like a fish out of water flopping around all over. He was so emotional. And then the moment where he puts the, um, you know, the, the, the belt on his dad. And one that flew under the radar, and I don't expect it to win anyone's award for this particular category – was uh, one that really like I I I really loved it for I don't know it was just nice was uh, Ed Herman and Zach Cummins retiring at the same time ah uh, yeah 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 that was pretty damn fun that was cool it's yeah a, it's a cool thing to see yeah. I had two more on my short list Jens Pulver getting inducted into the oh, Hall of Fame yeah, that was so, the, the was that this both, year uh, yeah yeah fuck that should have yes hundred percent that was a good one that was, and, that was incredible uh was it this year when did when did Amanda Nunes retire. This year, it was this year. Yeah, that that moment where she lays down both the belts um, is pretty damn cool. Like we talked about, Robbie Lawler going out on top. Amanda Nunes yeah. was the queen of the of the hill and uh, laid down two belts in the middle of the ring and said, uh, "I'm I'm going off to do my own thing." That was pretty cool. That was pretty damn cool. Great ones. Uh, Izzy's post fight speech I mentioned earlier. You could put that on this list as well. Uh, Alexa Grasso mentioned that earlier. You could put that on this list. Chris Weidman returning. You yeah. put that on this list. I've been getting a lot of love here. Well, you know, it was quite Dude, the... Uh, that injury was yeah. just one that you don't... I'm not downplaying it. Just um, the fact he's getting a lot of love here. <laughs> and uh, one nod to Chael Sonnen's last appearance on the show. The makeup. <laughs> after the breakup. That was the feel-good moment. Yeah. <laughs> that should have been the rivalry of the year. <laughs> uh, the makeup after the breakup. Uh, all right. That is a feel-good moment of the year. And now we get into the final four, my friends. And now we really get into it. We really we really roll up the sleeves and talk about the actual fighting. It's round of the year, followed by fight of the year, followed by female fighter of the year, and finally male fighter of the year but first these words no i'm kidding uh we have no sponsors just kidding shout out to factor and DraftKings. let's go round of the year rick you're first yeah i struggle i have to admit i struggled with this one i was almost hoping you wouldn't go to me first oh sorry struggled um but what i ended up taking was a one round fight it just became the kind of easiest to conceptualize for me because there's obviously some great moments in in some longer fights that you could pick out like individual rounds and often i actually do do that but for me it was mikhail olashayshuk versus chidi enjukwani which was a four minute fight three to four minute fight where uh chidi uh had mikhail like completely rocked like stanky leg rocked um and then Mikhail turned it around and ended up TKOing him after that. It was uh, an insane turn of turn of events, an insane uh, switch uh, uh, in positions um, in like a two minute stretch. Uh, so that for that was my selection. But I, I will admit, I had I had trouble kind of nailing this one down. GC, yeah, I actually went back and watched that fight last night. Unbelievable round. I mean, it was it was pure excitement the entire time. So that's a great pick by you, Rick. I actually went to your event. Of the year, Ariel UFC Austin. I'm surprised you didn't, you know, use this as one of your pillars to make the argument for round of the year. Hadolfo Balato versus Ihor Potieria, round two. Uh, if you just look at it, I mean, 
what we saw in this one, I think we the the numbers on it. Both guys had over fifty strikes. Bellato landing over seventy two. Bellato looked done. I was waiting for the ref to step in at any moment. I have a picture right here. This is with three fifty three left in the first round. Potieria is just raining down hammer fists on him, and then just a few short minutes later. He has complete control of the back, and he gets the finish in that very first round. It's very similar to Rick's. Pilato was dead to rights. I mean, the ref could have stepped in at any moment and stopped the fight, but he didn't, and he was able to turn it around, and he was able to secure the victory himself. Uh, There was knockdowns. uh, There was takedowns. There was a lot of ground and pound, uh, and it was just an all-action round. Uh, So for that, Pilato Potieri, round two at UFC Austin is my round of the year. Wow, I like it. I like that you guys have gone a little bit... uh... Off the grid here. This is nice. I mean, great rounds. All great rounds, yes. Just I feel like there's so many options. It's such a hard one to really, like, nail down, you know? For me, it's just, like, the most exciting. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, like Bobby Green and Grant Dawson. Sure. Uh, There was a lot to choose from. Uh, I I considered, and I'll give a shout-out to Pantoja Moreno, round one, back at UFC 290. Dan Hooker, Jalen Turner, round two, also from the same card. UFC 290, UFC 285, Shavkat, Rachmanov, Jeff Neal, round three was a very fun one. Um, I want to get the round. I'm looking. I have it written down somewhere here. Uh, Shane Burgos and Clay Collard, I think it was round... It could You, you, could, you could throw a dart yeah. and pick any of them. That yeah. was an absolute scrap. Yeah, maybe round three. Um, but yes, that was an incredible one that sort of flew under the radar as well. In the end, though, again, with, with this one, it's, it's, it's the round, it's the action, but I do also like the stakes. And I, and I went for Islam Makhachev, Alex Volkanovsky, first fight, round five. Because if you recall, you know, Volk, like, you know, he, he, he super hulked on him. And it looked like if there was maybe 30 seconds left, he finishes Islam, and it was just shocking to see. And uh, unfortunately, he fell short. So I give it to Islam, Volk, round five. An incredible fight, and maybe it's one that comes up when we talk about fight of the year. And wouldn't you know it, the people agree with me as well. Islam, Volk, one, round five. They also gave a nod to Turner Hooker. They also gave a nod, and I should have as well. Round three, Irene Aldana, Carol Hosa, just Another a few weeks ago. Another one you could pick any round yeah. in that fight, and it, and it's a contender. And he, uh, Cody Durden, Jake Hadley, round two, love. You have seen uh, that. Yep. One. yep. Yeah, it is on there. Let's go. Yep. Gechi um, uh, Faziev, round one. Strickland Adesanya, round one. That was more the shock factor of him, uh, you know, of, of Strickland yeah. uh, yeah. rocking yeah. Izzy. Um, so those are a few that come to mind. Round is always tough because, like, you think of the fight, but now you have to like zero it into the actual yeah. specific I, round. I dig the the Strickland Izzy call on that because I do think like it doesn't have to be like back and forth. Sometimes like the yeah. moment itself can win. So I, I dig I dig that they gave some love to that. Uh, my prediction for fight of the year as we move along here, just three left: fight of the year, female fight of the year, male fight of the year. Is that we're all going to agree on this one? Maybe I'm wrong, and there were some good ones, but I'll get right to it. To me, fight of the year was uh, the fight that included my round of the year: Islam Makhachev, Alex Volkanovsky won back in February in Australia. A lot of people thought that Volk was biting off more than he can chew. Islam had looked so dominant for so long. And here's the featherweight champion uh, giving him his toughest fight and giving him all that he got. And some people still to this day think that 
Volk pulled it off. Uh, in the end, as I think we all said, uh, by the letter of the law, Islam wins the fight, but Volk won the night. It felt like his stock went up. It felt like people loved him even more and respected him even more. And it felt like if he had maybe 60 more seconds, he could have pulled it off. He didn't pull it off, but it was great theater. I was locked in the entire time. I loved everything about it. The crowd was great. The action was great. The drama was great. It had everything you want from a big-time title fight, main event of a pay-per-view. Issa Makhachev, Alex Volkanovsky won back in February. My fight of the year. Rick? I dissent. Ooh. I dissent. I love it. I look any other year, any other year, it's number one. And I feel like the two, the t- that was my number two. And I feel like it is one that I will always remember. I feel like it will stand the test of time. I feel like it is a, it is a historic fight. It is one that could win fight of the year anytime. But the one that I put above it is, is Alessandre Pantoja mm. versus Brandon Moreno. I, mm. from start to finish, you you've got the rivalry part of it right you got the the intertwined stories in the fight before this you've got the action um you've got the swings and momentum you've got the feeling in round 1 where oh it looks like pantoja's on the front foot and all of a sudden moreno's in a deep hole then you've got the swing to where it looks like pantoja's completely out of gas it had every element of mixed martial arts it was com- it was a technical battle it was bloody it was blood and guts it had everything that you could possibly want from in- an individual fight crammed into one I I I I was struggling to put it uh, put anything above Islam and Volk one because I I was so enraptured with that fight. But man, Pantoja Moreno, I rewatched it many times in having to do this, and I just every time I kept walking away thinking uh, that oh, this had great. to be it. It was it was my number one. What a year for Pantoja! Um, you know, what a year, it, man. It, it, it he's feels... one of my guys now. Like yeah. I just can't believe that he's like real. GC. I'm actually going to agree with New York Rick in this one. Uh, I mean, just action-packed throughout the entire five rounds, the back and forth, like you said, the grappling, the striking. You had knockdowns. You had submission attempts. Uh, you had reversals. Uh, it was just crazy, and it was razor thin, the the back-and-forth affair, the blood, the everything about it. Uh, and then Pantoja gets on the mic afterward uh, and you know says everything about his dad. It, it, for me, it was the the fight of the year. Uh, in the end, you know, they've always called me a man of the people, and the people agree <laughs> with me. Uh, they they went with Islam and uh, and Volk one number two Pantoja Moreno number three Aldana Carol Hosa yeah. Dan Hooker. It felt like it was between them. Those two yeah. to me stood head above the rest. And while admitting that the rest on this list are really really strong, the other thing that I think is very important for Islam Volk and why I completely understand anybody who votes for it. Those number one and number two pound for pound fights often are not good. They're often like kind of not what we hope and not what we expect. That one delivered in spades. Like that was an absolute yep. uh, pinnacle of the sport moment. Um, so yeah, I get it. I get it. But for me, it, it was number two. Uh, Hooker Turner, Neil Rachmanov, Gechi Faziev, Holloway Zombie, Grasso Shevchenko. Uh, really one or two, but uh, two gets the nod here. And uh, Usman Shemaev gets some love as well. On and on it goes. So there you go. Fight of the year. Two left, my friends. Two left. It's female fighter of the year, male fighter of the year. Let us start with female fighter of the year. These are the big ones. This is, I mean, it doesn't get any bigger than this. Do we have some music? Do we have something? Some We have something. Female fighter of the year, GC, you get the honors. You lead us off. Well, I'm going to lead off. Yep. This is uh, this, this is, is my it. one selection of the year where I am uh, 
I am zigging where everyone is zagging. Wow, I, I love feel it. Like the, I feel like the unanimous selection is going to be Alexa Grasso. I, I would bet my money that y'all are probably going to pick Alexa Grasso as well. Um, but I am actually going to go with Lupita. I love it. Godinez. I love everything about it. She I goes love- 4-0. Yeah. Doesn't just go 4-0. It goes 4-0 over the course of just seven months, from April to November. Uh, four up, four down. First women woman in UFC history to accomplish that feat. Uh, I mean, I think since I started on the show in September of 2021, she's fought like 11 times. It's something ridiculous. She is game as they come. Her fights are almost always fun. Uh, and she just had a supremely impressive year. Goes 4-0. And to play devil's advocate, on the Alexa Grasso pick. She did end in a draw in the last one, and, you know, the 10-8 was questionable, and there is a world where that 10-8 doesn't happen. She's not holding the belt right now. Uh, so Lupita Godinez, 4-0, first woman to do it in UFC history is my fighter of the year. I love everything about it. Rick, no I love everything about it, and here's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us. For the first time in the 11-year history of the program... I'm strongly considering changing my pick. You coward. Wow. I'm strongly Don't do it. Don't do it. Strongly considering changing my pick. Stick with me. You said it. Stick with me. It came down to two. It came down to the two teammates. Stick with me. And uh, I I went back and forth on this one. I actually went to you first because I was curious as to where you would go. I went back and forth on this one because you're right. Four and zero. Incredible. Four and zero in seven months. Four and zero is incredible. It is. But you know what's more incredible? It's historic. Wait, wait, wait. It's historic. It's historic. It's unbelievable. And it wasn't even in a year. It's really in seven months, as you said. And I don't want to pit the two teammates, but what they've done over there at Team Lobo is incredible. And you're right. The 10-8 suspect, draw suspect, that fight was incredible as well. It was so close. And I said consider because ultimately I'm sticking with my pick. It yeah. has to be Alexa Grasso because she was such a big underdog and because she dethroned the queen, because she dethroned someone who was so dominant for so long. I think it was nine straight fights. It has to be Alexa Grasso, female fighter of the year. You made a strong case. You really did. And I really went back and forth. Thank you for that, Frank. I really did go back and forth. But uh, Loopy's incredible. Love Loopy. I mean, I, I mentioned her for uh, most improved. Uh, just an amazing year. But uh, got to go with the champ. And uh, maybe this time next year it is Loopy who we're talking about as a female fighter of the year. She's certainly on that trajectory. I'm going with Alexa Grasso, and I suspect, Rick, you... Wouldn't it be funny if I didn't? Oh my if God, I just that. pivoted right you now, just, but yes. Just I am going with uh, Alexa Grasso. Um, I, I would be one of those people who would say that I, I do think she probably lost that second fight, but we're not going to rewrite the history books. Like The, the, the result is what the result is. Um, and my number two actually went 4-0, but it was not uh, Lupi. It was Larissa Pacheco, who hmm. captured another title uh, this year uh, for PFL. Um, she just continues to show the levels. And uh, I think she deserves a shout. I think she deserves some some kind of recognition because, you know, she, like, th- uh, not only that, but, like, women's fighting in the PFL because of the tournament gives them a lot of opportunities, and I think that's a great thing because um, th- they're not getting as frequent fights. Like, Loopy is a rare exception, I think, um, in the UFC. So shout out to, to both of them. Uh, but for me, it had to be Alexa. The the upset win and the, and then the rematch with Valentina, uh, just epic performances. The people agree with us, Rick. Uh, they go with Alexa Grasso. Uh, number two, Aaron Blanchfield. Wow, you can make a Not case. A bad choice. Yeah. Not a bad choice. I mean, he finished Jessica Andrade like that. 
skyrocketing to a title. How about Rick giving that great speech on Larissa Pacheco and Frankie hitting the Pirates of the Caribbean theme or whatever that was? Oh, it was great. It was great. Uh, <laughs> Larissa, Pacheco, <laughs> Larissa Pacheco got some love. Yes. Zhang Wei Li got some love uh, as well. but that one. Yeah. I've got some know, people ahead of her. She's, she's, you can make the argument for pound for pound number one right now for her. Uh, Tatiana Suarez gets some love. Yep. Uh, Lupi Godinez got some love. Amanda Don't Nunez got some love. Down. Stamp Fairtex mm. with some love as Shout well. I dig, love yeah. I dig that. Yeah, uh, I dig that. I think uh, I mentioned her earlier. Macy Barber had a really good year. Two and zero wins over Andrea Lee, and and that win over Amanda Ribas I think was worth uh, noting. There was there were some really good performances. This Speaking year. of two and zero, she doesn't get enough love. Uh, Liz Carmouche has oh, yeah. uh, really had a great. Back into the year as Bellator flyweight champion, defended that title twice, once against her friend, uh, Alima Le McFarlane. Uh, I mentioned earlier Dakota Decheva. She seems to have broken out to a degree, winning that uh, that tournament for um, the PFL. And uh, Danny McCormick over at Invicta. Hmm. Shout out. Some love for her as well. Wait, but didn't she do UFC debut and then lose that? Or did I make That's, that up? That's uh, Bannon. Oh yes, yeah, <laughs> the other Irish. The, the she's the one who they fought. Yes, yes, then. yes. Uh, uh, in a different era, um, Chris Cyborg had a win as well over uh, Katzingano. Um, so there you have it. Usually for the Fighter of the Year category, you need at least two wins, in my opinion, to be considered. And that came into play when talking about the male fighter of the year. Uh, this actually, to me, was not an easy one. It was not an easy one for me at all because, look, I see a lot of people picking Sean Strickland because, obviously, 3-0, and beat Izzy, shock, breakthrough, most improved. But let's be honest, like, the wins over Imavov, who, you know, wasn't in the right weight class, Magomedov, you know, it was just a fight night. It, it, you know, these weren't events that were sort of big, much talked about going in, much talked about going out. The Izzy thing changed everything. Um, so I really debated this one. Uh, Islam was 2-0, and but, you know, the first fight wasn't perfect. Second fight, short notice opponent, tough. It came down to three people for me, if I'm being honest. Uh, it came down to Leon Edwards. It came down to Alex Pantoja. And it came down to Sean Strickland. When I really started to think about it, it came down to Edwards and Strickland. And ultimately, because of how big the Izzy win was, because of the fact that he had one more win, I ultimately gave it to Sean Strickland. Now, you could say that Imovov... And Magomedov equals Usman. But in the end, I give it to Sean Strickland. The year of Sean Strickland, 3-0. and He beats Israel Adesanya. Who would have thought this time last year Sean Strickland would be the male fighter of the year? It, can't, it was tough. I really debated giving it to Leon. Um, and I'm sure people would have called me a homer for that. But defending the title back home in the UK and then doing what he did to Colby. Uh, I, really, I really debated over this one, guys. This one was really tough for me. And GC, you are shaking your head. It was a no-brainer. No-brainer, huh? Yeah, I mean, this this was Sean Strickland all the way. I mean, three well, and all. Why all the way? You didn't think twice, even to a no. degree? Nope, not even not even Leon? one degree. Nope, no, no. I mean, he stepped in on short notice to take on Imavov up a weight class, gets the win there. Uh, you know, 
dominant victory over Magomedov, which, you know, looking back, some people are saying it's not a great win. But going into that one, a lot of people were talking about the potential prospect that Abus could have been and, and maybe be in the title picture later down the road. He got a main event against Sean Strickland. Uh, and then he cap it off by winning the middleweight championship uh, in a in a fight that it kind of felt like he was getting sent to the slaughter for. And sometimes he even said that in the buildup, you know, like this isn't a great stylistic matchup for him and, every, and everything like that. And then believed in himself and got it done and, and produced one of the biggest upsets we've seen in, in recent memory. And, and now he's the middleweight champion of the world. Uh, to me, fighter of the year, no brainer. You agree, Rick? Not only did I not have Sean Strickland number one, I didn't even have him number two. Wow. Oh, this is crazy. amazing. This is amazing. I love this. What do you got? What do you got? Tell us. I'll tell you my number two first. I had Please. Strickland number three. Okay. My number two was Islam Makachev. Mm. Nice pick. Now, when you're comparing Makachev and uh when you're comparing Makachev and Strickland, I think it came down to to me, two wins over Alex Volkanovsky matter more. Those are more significant wins. I get the win over Israel Asanya. A plus, like you cannot, but the uh, but the other two were not that significant to me. The three and zero matters, though. I think that matters. But to me, and the way I measure this is who took the toughest task and succeeded, right? Who is the fighter of the year? Who is the one that loaded their plate with the toughest challenge and ultimately accomplished that goal? And to me, that's Alex Pereira. Wow, two years in a row. What? That's Alex Pereira. Guy who now, lost. He lost. Got yes, knocked he, out. he got knocked out at the beginning of the year. What did he do after that? Yeah. He moved up. Yeah. What's the hardest thing to do in MMA right now? What did Alex what did Alex Volkanovsky fail to do yeah. against Islam Makachev? It was move up and capture a second title in a in a higher weight class. It is the toughest thing you can do. Alex Pereira, after getting knocked out by Israel Adesanya, picked himself up, dusted himself off, went up a weight class, beat a former champion in Jan Blahovich, and then beat a former champion in Yuri Prohaska to capture his second belt in a second division. To me, I, I, with all due respect to the work of Sean Strickland and Islam Makachev and even Leon Edwards this year, who I think had fantastic years, the one who took on the toughest challenge and was successful in doing so yeah, you're right. was Alex Pereira. Oh, it's a great, it's a great shout. I just have a hard time giving it to someone who got knocked he lost. out this year. I get it. But, but I almost feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, that adds to the story, right? This guy who got knocked out by Izzy, that could have been it, right? He could have been just the guy who had Izzy's number. No, he's going to go up and capture a second belt in in a weight class that the gap is 20 pounds. He's going to go up uh, 20 pounds and win that belt too against two former champions. To me, you have to give credit and you have to give respect to what Alex Pereira is doing that many people are not able to do. And in such a short amount of time, given the opportunities, he is capitalizing on them. And I had him last year and I have him this year too. I think Alex Pereira is, is a one of one. And I think this was uh, the year oh, of Alex It's, it's a solid pick. All, I mean, all, all of them are solid picks. Um, Strickland gets the nod from the people. Leon Edwards, number two. Alex Pereira, number three. Islam number gets three. number four. Yeah. Uh, Islam, number four. Some it, others. surprising to me. Tommy Aspinall, number five. Francis Ngannou, Patchy Mix, Justin Gaethje. Pantoja should get more love, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, two big wins. And uh, Drickus Duplessis got a nod as well. Guess who got one vote? Iron Turtle. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out. Should have gotten more. It was from GC. <laughs> we had a robbery of the year. We would have uh, talked a lot about Iron Turtle. Uh, yeah. 
Those are all great ones. I get what you're saying. It's just hard to give fight of the year to someone who wasn't. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you, Ariel. Like, it, That's it's fine. just an amazing. I do hear what you're saying. Right? You, you, can, you can give him comeback fighter of the year. What well, he accomplished is incredible. There's no doubt about that. So, I think Strickland, Strickland came from, from further uh, in this year in terms of that comeback. Mm. But, uh, yeah. No, I, look. I understand this is not popular. I understand that there will be others. Like Jed Mishu is is blowing up right now saying defending the title in your own weight class is harder. I would disagree. I would disagree. I would say that chasing greatness in in a higher weight class is actually more difficult, as has been proven by how many people have failed to do it. Um, And so, yeah, I will will stand behind it and and give another nod to Alex Pereira. I want to give some love to some other guys who had some great years. Uh, As we said, Impa Kasangane, 5-0 this year. Olivier Aubin-Mercier. 4-0 4-0 this past year. Uh, what a year for him. Brendan Allen, 3-0. Nicholas Dalby, 3-0. Benoit Saint-Denis, 3-0. Ian Machado-Gary, 3-0. Jack Della Maddalena, 3-0. Roman Kopilov, 3-0. Jalton Almeida, 3-0. Corey Sanhagen went 2-0. Justin Gaethje, 2-0. DDP, 2-0 as well. Also want to give some love to uh, Phil DeFries. Had a nice little year, 2-0 for the big man. And uh, Johnny Eblen also two and zero. Patchy Mix two and zero as well. Some nice, uh, some nice years there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, this this was a tough category for me. I think there were so many stellar years. Gents, we have come to the end. Twenty six. How do we feel? Down, huh? I feel like uh, well, twenty six and a half. You know, MVP fighter. We didn't quite get the winner. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty sure that's we true. did announce the winner. Mm. That's right, Francis. Shout out to Francis. Oh, right, right, right. Yes, that's right. We did go I'll back to we that. Um, I always feel like there's so much pressure going into the award show, and then I feel like a massive weight off my shoulders, and then I feel like we can officially move on with the mm. the new year. Right, the year like, is wrapped. Now yes. we're good. I thought this was the rehearsal for the show tonight. Yes. Um, I don't ahead. think we agreed all together very much but i feel like there was the was most like general agreement if that makes sense like i feel like there was the most two out of threes and there's always threads kinda... throughout the year right there's yeah. always like you know like we said izzy sean this and that uh i do want to mention and uh mma junkie does a great job of this they have this retirement tracker uh where they track all the people who said goodbye in mm. 2023 so i do want to acknowledge uh mauricio shogun hua who said goodbye in january wow. How about that? Glover Teixeira on the same card who said goodbye in uh, in January and February. We said goodbye to Fyodor Emelianenko. I'm not naming all of them. Uh, Benson Henderson said goodbye in um, in March. Of course, he came back at the uh, the end of the year for karate combat. But as far as MMA is concerned, Rafael Sunsau laid the gloves on the, uh, the mat shortly thereafter. Jorge Masvidal said goodbye in April. He says he's unretired now. We'll see what happens with that story. I mentioned the Zach Cummings and uh, Ed Herman story, uh, which was uh, which was a fun one. Chad Mendez officially said goodbye after his loss to uh, Eddie Alvarez. Judo Jim Wallhead said goodbye in April. What about Alistair Overeem, who called it a career uh, back in June? Marlon Moraes called it a career in June as well. Uh, shortly thereafter, as we mentioned, Amanda Nunez laid down both of the... Uh, the titles in the middle of the cage, that was quite the scene. Stevie Ray said goodbye over the summer as well. We talked about Robbie Lawler calling it a career, as did Kevin Lee in July. Uh, what a scene it was in Singapore when the Korean zombie got all emotional. We've talked about him several times 
throughout the show. Great stuff there. Angela Lee we had on the program. Uh, that was quite emotional as well. She said goodbye in September. And what about Olivier Aubin-Mercier, who said goodbye after winning the PFL tournament uh, two years in a row, two-time million-dollar winner. Great stuff there from uh, the pride of Quebec, the Canadian gangster, Olivier Aubin-Mercier. Those aren't all the fighters who said goodbye in 2023, but I did want to acknowledge uh, some of the notable ones. And now I feel like we can move on with our lives, guys. Another award show in the books. one in the books. Now we get to attack 2024. Oh, yeah. A lot of things to look out for. Like I said, January 20th, February 17th, yep. and then all the other June stuff 29th. going on. June 29th, yeah. Um, UFC 300, I don't know if you guys heard, is coming up. Can't wait. Who's headlining? WrestleMania 40. Yeah, below. We have breaking news. Or is that UFC just that? 300. Oh, right, up. right. Wow. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Uh, no, but I love doing this, and uh, I appreciate the whole crew in the back. For you know the set, the graphics, the picture, uh, GC really leads the way for this particular show, and uh, it's uh, it's very very much appreciated. I, I really do think that there's nothing quite like it in uh, all of sports media. I don't know if there's any more comprehensive show, and it's something I'm very proud of. I, ne- I haven't gone back and looked at the first one, but maybe one of these days I'll I'll do so. I need to go back and watch 2016s when I get a chance. Yeah, I mean uh, you just need fair. the one clip. Yeah, uh, my favorite really is us ushering in the UFC on ESPN era. There's really it's nothing pretty, more <laughs> incredible special. than that. There's a great clip of that somewhere. Uh, but no, I'm excited. And then uh, Monday, we're back to a regular show. Just, you know. I guess so. Guess. World domination. Any, any keys or anything out there? What yeah, what's, what's on the uh, The dart, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm into it. We're, we're, we're currently locked in. I didn't want to date us in case someone is, is watching this, but we're currently locked into the championship. Maybe four, we'll four. do... Maybe we'll do a little uh, watch party with the crew here, uh, as we did for Canada-Belgium, yeah, if you recall. Uh, Thanksgiving 2022, a dark day in my life. But, uh, Frank, any final we, thoughts? Any, uh, any uh, you know, any Just highs, a quick lows? comment. I mean, yeah. that, that was a fond memory of mine. <laughs> like, it was a dark day. Oh, I mean, yeah, but it's just they lost. And, you know, Can the you whole, separate the two? The jersey me. was a bit of a sour oh, topic. Okay. Yeah. Great day. <laughs> it was, yeah. Chicken wings? Chicken wings are good. Chicken wings are good. No, I love it. Missed it. Two weeks. It does the body good, right? It really does. Yeah, yeah I was about at my boiling point. And wow. Now wow. Jeez. I thought you reached With the, the excitement point. of MMA ah, at the show. Come okay. on, guys. <laughs> Uh, no, I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, thank you again to Caposa. Special thank you to moderator Lewis and uh, Alex Weber. Thanks to the people, to everyone who voted uh, on the Substack. Appreciate you guys very much. Appreciate the YouTube chat. Appreciate everyone who said, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? When are you coming back? We are back. It's a new year. Hopefully a healthy, happy, positive, successful year for all of us. Big year 2024 with big plans. And uh, we hope that you guys will be joining us on this, uh, this crazy journey as you have for the past decade plus. With that, Frank, we're out of time. 11th annual in the books. You know what song that is, Frank? I don't recognize it. Special thanks to the whole crew back there. Uh, Andy, Joe, Corporate Alex, Frank, and it wouldn't be this. I can't do this show ever again. Solo. I think maybe the the first was the first year solo. Maybe not. I don't know. 
but uh, GC Rick. It's 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 why I don't like to have just like one singular winner because you know it's all of us. That's what makes it so unique as well. It's not just my my picks. It's everyone's picks, and quite frankly, some of their picks are better than mine for some of these. I'm still debating that female fight of the year, but in the end. We have to say goodbye. We have to be at peace with our picks, Frank. We have to lay our heads on yeah, the floor and say we've done the work. The hay is in the barn, as they said, and we have to move on. And so who will be the 2024 male fighter of the year? Who will be the 2024 female fighter of the year? Who will be the breakout fighter of this year? We don't know. We don't know where that person is right now, what they are doing. What are the moments that are going to capture this year? What are the highlights of this year? Uh, who's going to be the comeback fighter? Will it be comeback Conor McGregor? Will it be someone else? Can't wait to find out. We'll be here every Monday and Wednesday to talk about it all, react to it all, preview it all. No better job, no better gig than this one. For the whole crew, thanks to all of you, from me to you, from them to you. Thank you so much for watching this 11th annual MMA Hour Award Show. We appreciate you very much. Back on Monday, same time and place until this. Congrats to all the winners.